Welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast, where we review the best and worst of arcade video games from the golden age of gaming. I'm your host, Sean, and with me is my co-host and partner in crime, Victor. Together, we'll take you on a nostalgic trip down memory lane with plenty of laughs, jokes, and trivia along the way. Whether you're a fan of Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Street Fighter, or Donkey Kong, we've got you covered. So grab your 10 pences, put on your headphones, and get ready for some arcade action. That is a load of old claptrap. Where do you get that from? That was written by Bing AI. Who who Sorry. is this? Who is this mysterious Bing? It's Microsoft uh, Microsoft Microsoft's version of the AI chatbot. I've, <sighs> I've tried it with Google Bard and ChatGPT and Bing AI. That was the that was the one that I liked the best. But they're all pretty good. Can we set so fire we, to them and put we them don't in a dumpster? Have to do a podcast now. We can just do this. Just dump a load of that in. And then say, see ya. It wouldn't change much, would it? I, I could even be a, a, an AI thing now. Who would know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, right. You, what I did, I did. You have to give it a brief, and the more descriptive you are, the better it comes up. I'll as, give I'll you put, a brief in a minute. Oh, I like briefs. Oops, right. I put, write a less than 100 word introduction to an exciting and humorous video game review podcast called the Tempets Arcade Podcast. Based on arcade video games from the period of 1977 to 2000, the two hosts, Victor and Sean, are famous for their banter and chemistry. It said nothing about chemistry. It didn't know. It didn't say anything about acid and alkali and gold yeah. and myrrh and all those things. Myrrh is the, chemistry, isn't it? Yeah, the others did, but that was the one I liked the best. And the, <sighs> the only thing I changed, I changed ten. Pe- it said quarters instead of ten pences. Ooh. That's the only thing I changed. Why didn't it not say Deutschmarks or Gilder? I don't know. If I put UK, it would have said pences, wouldn't it? Maybe. Maybe. It, it fascinates me, honestly. It really does. I don't trust it. Set fire to it. Get rid of it. Burn it. Set- Heathen! Burn it! Burn it! Burn it with <laughs> flames! Let's get anyway, straight into it, Sean. What have we been up to? Hurt myself. Oof. Oof. I hurt myself today. Well, you know, I can see, yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, there it is. I can just see my poorly hand. I'm a CNC engineer. I make things out of metal, precision stuff, uh, aircraft mainly. And I was doing a very heavy job actually there's these um like big steel donuts they weigh 150 kilos each i was running some massive holes in it and to lift the damn thing you can't lift them obviously by the human hand unless you're like terry cruz or someone so i was using this um like a, a pump t- truck crane it's basically a, a, a little wheeled machine with a big like two foot square lump of concrete on the back of it to keep it the weight down and it's got an arm which is um a hydraulic pump you can pump it so it can lift things with a little crane basically a, a sort of portable crane and because mm. it's an old silly thing and you've got to push it along i was moving it through a gap and i didn't realize my hand was on the sort of outside of the handle of it and it got crushed against a vice on a table Ooh. so it sort of it sort of banged a, a cut it didn't cut it didn't cleave it it sort of banged a, a lump out of my hand, basically. And then at first, I just went, oh, you know, didn't realise I'd done it. I looked at it and went, oh, that's going to need stitches. This was the first thing on the Tuesday morning back after the bank holiday. I said, for God's sake. And I knew when you hurt yourself like this, because it's a minor injury, it's not like life-threatening or anything silly like that, mm. I'd have to wait for hours and hours and hours to get seen because obviously there's people with real 
medical emergencies are going to be before me. So wife came and got me, took me down to the A&E near me. And there's a few people in there. But when I was in there, I got seen within the first 10 minutes. The, the nurse practitioner there said, oh, it doesn't look too bad. Said, if, I'm going to bump you to minor injuries, which is just like 100 yards down the road. Because if you wait here, you're going to be waiting nine hours for a doctor to look at it. Nine <laughs> hours. Because it was only a, a minor thing, she needed patching up, really. Uh, but I had to wait an hour before minor injuries opened at 9am, 9, 9 which was fine. I just got my phone out and just did that for a while. It wasn't too bad. Got in there. Within 10 minutes of being there, I was seen, patched up. Thank you very much. Out the door. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant yeah. service. Love the NHS. I can't say enough kind things about the NHS. We're so lucky to have it. Mm. Yeah, it's brilliant. So nice. they put stereo sti- strips on it, which is like sort of portable... Uh, soluble stitches and put a covering over it and it's over a week ago now i've done it it still hurts like hell it i think it must have hit a nerve or something or cleaved a nerve because there's not much feeling in it and it's quite a lump there i think that the piece of skin which was sort of a little flap hanging off sorry if you've had your dinner um that is eventually going to come off i think it's not it's not they put glue on it as well actually put super glue on it they use like yeah. a medical super glue to hold the skin together while it's the stereo strips holding it together but I don't think it's taken very well and I went down to the local clinic the other day just to have a look at it because I was a bit worried about it you know not healing properly so now it'd be fine but that that glue didn't work very well that bit will just come off eventually just keep it clean keep it you know with um wear a glove at work or whatever and it's been okay but it has slowed me down a little bit from doing like housework and DIY and that sort of thing but I can still hold a joystick so everything's cool have you got arcade hand uh, I, I would have had arcade hand yes Good, that's good it still hurts a bit, but yeah, I'll be all right. Oof. What else have you been up to, sir? Well, we normally do these things in order, but if you spin forward to the pickup section, you'll find out I bought another cab. And we actually spoke yeah. about this last podcast, didn't we? I'd bought it yeah. by then, and I was hoping it was going to turn up, because I, I had a bit of a kerfuffle, that's an official word for it, of getting the cab here, because it was in North Wales, in the middle of nowhere, I had to get it up to Glasgow, which is hundreds of miles away. So it's a Vartec Cadet we spoke about as well. Uh, so I did mention the toing and froing and multiple hoops I had to jump through to get it to me, but by Jiminy, I've got it now. Yay! So on arrival, uh, some very large Russian speaking men <laughs> delivered it, and they did not speak much English at all. And they carried it upstairs for me kindly because I sort of gestured them to poke it upstairs for me. They're very kind to do that for me. Really good. I can't remember the name of the company now, but I might put a link on there for people to use because even though the guys didn't say much, they did deliver it really well and they delivered it really quickly. And the price wasn't too bad either. Uh, and I got them off of um, Move. Ooh, can't remember. It's Shipley. It's like an auction site where you put down what you want, what you want picking up, where from, where to what it is, and lots of different mans and vans and people doing deliveries. Look on there, they give you their best price, and you choose the best one. Obviously, the lowest or the nearest one or the one that can do it best. And oh, it was nice. really well. It worked out really nicely. I was happy with that. So it arrived non-working. Boo. It did work when it left. There was a video of it from the seller I bought it off of, uh, and she was very good about selling it, very good dealing with me as well. She sort of... I 
got stressed out about getting it and not getting it and leaving it and trying one more thing and trying another thing. And she's very good and it all worked out in the end. So I was really happy to have it. So when it came, it didn't work. She's a blank screen. I said, what's going on here? So I had a quick look at it, mucked about with it a little bit. There was a little tiny bit on the back. You know where the vents are normally? I think one of the people that were moving it tried to pull it and broke a bit of the wood on the back. It was a minor right. thing. Though. Those bits always get broken on, on cabs. So I checked it out and I metered the voltages on the switch in power supply. There were none. There was the AC going in, the 230, 240 volts going in, but there was no 12 volts, 5 volts, minus 5 volts DC coming out of it. So there's obviously something wrong with the switcher. Right. So I don't know what happened there, um, but I had a spare one on hand anyway. I've got a few spare ones lying around. Popped it in, wired it all up, works. Now, it had, um, it's a very small cabaret-style machine. And I think they made these in the UK. It sounds European, Vartek Cadet. It sounds almost German, doesn't it? Mm. So if anyone's got any more information on Vartek Cadets, I know Smarty Martin's got one, and also Chris CMP's got one. Um, and they were in the UK. I've seen them before. I think there was one with Terra Cresta in it, one of the revivals. Remember playing that? It was the one that happened just before COVID hit. Remember we were there? I remember playing Terracressor, but I didn't notice the cab. It was a tiny little cab. I'm sure it was the one it was in. So when this um, turned up, it has a Mr. Do, D-U, a bootleg of Mr. Do in it. Um, But this one has handily handily got an onboard sound amp, unlike the original Mr. Do, which needs a separate sound amp. But this machine already had a separate sound amp in it already. So there's two lots of volume controls for it. So on closer inspection, the cab originally had Mr. Do's castle in it, as the original instruction sheet was inside the machine. Now, the front of the cab needed a bit of a facelift, as the front can- can- control panel drawer and coin door had been forced at some point in the past. Obviously, people have stolen the money out of it. The control panel was incredibly ugly, with big rectangular star point fruit machine buttons. <laughs> this is indicative of a UK-built machine of this vintage. So I went to work almost immediately on it because I was really into it as soon as I got it. I'm like a kid with a new toy. Making a new control panel with a brand new joystick and leaf buttons with micro switches under them, which is the best kind of buttons in my liking. Uh, for the ultimate feel, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the same as Taito and Nintendo used, used to do. If you look at a proper Donkey Kong or a Donkey Kong Jr. machine or an original Space Invaders, they've got leaf-style buttons, but instead of a leaf switch underneath, they've got micro switches underneath. So it's a real soft spring feel to it with a nice click underneath the switch feels really good i also made good use of my new table saw to cut up i got the original back door off the machine took it off and chopped it up because it's got a particular kind of veneer panel this thing's made out of and the front of it needed repairing i haven't got any of that veneer anywhere obviously so i used the back door which had the same veneer on it to make the front doors and then the back door can just have a black piece of wood put on it because it doesn't really matter about the back door you don't really see it very much so clever yeah the front doors were damaged um and the both because there's two locks in the front because the way the control panel is it's actually a drawer so you undo these two locks at the front pull it out and that's where the, that's where the pcb is it's quite smart actually and there's two switches under there one turns the whole machine on and off and the one on the right actually flips the monitor it's got a, a yoke switch on the monitor so when you play Mr. Do, which obviously plays upside down compared to normal cabs, and you play a normal jammer game, you can just flick it over and it just turns itself right around. It's brilliant. 
that's really handy. Yeah. All, all captured have this on it. I also rewired the cab as it was um, made for running Universal games, which is the same number of pins as a jammer set up, but wired completely differently. So it's now jammer standard. I also added a second button to the control panel because it only had one button either side for playing Mr. Do. Because all Mr. Do needs. But I need two, two buttons for most games. I'll put another button on it. I did have some white T-molding coming for it too. And that arrived. But for some reason, the seller on UK VAC didn't realise it's actually smaller than the standard stuff. He thought it was normal stuff. So when it arrived, I thought, that's too small. And he's been really good about it, and he's going to take it back and give me my money back. I'll have to get some white stuff from somewhere. Because the, what I've done with the theme of it is black and white. So it's got white buttons, white ball top. It's going to have white T-molding, and everything else is black. It looks really nice. I really like it. But for me... Like a goth cab. It's a goth cab. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, what, what goth games can I put in it? What dark games can I put in it? Vertical orientations. Must be yeah, something. Cool. Put death smiles in it. That's, that's horizontal, horizontal isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah. And Ghosts and Goblins, that's horizontal. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I could put Monster Bash in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good little guy. I think I've got that on my... Um, on my... Pie Jammy... Jammer thingy set up, which is a Jammer Pie on there. We'll talk about different systems a little bit later, actually. Ooh. So, I'm... I do have to sit down to the cab. I have to get a nice tall stool for it because it is a very small cab. It's even lower than an Isis cab, which I've got a few of, and it's even slightly lower than my trim lines, my Taito trim lines. You know how small they are? Yeah. It's smaller than that. It's about another four inches lower on the control panel. So when you sort of look over it, your hands are right on the... And the control panel is only about four inches deep. It's a very small little thing. But when you sit at it on a tall stool, it's really nice. I'm really pleased with this one. Uh, it's a keeper, and I've been playing it a lot. Can Do you still make the control panels at work? Can you still do them at work? I actually do them at home now, because I've got enough tools at home. I've got <laughs> table saw, um, pillar drills, step drills, routers, all that sort of stuff. So I can do most of the stuff at home. Have you got that one that makes biscuits? Have you got that? I have. Biscuit jointer. Oh, that's that'll be good. I was going to use that, but in the end, I didn't. I just screwed the front panel on. Could you join together a custard cream and a bourbon? That would be like that would be bit, against nature and against God. It, it might be nice. A a, a cuss bob, a bob a bob tard. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you. Another arcade bit of stuff I've been doing, a little bit of DIY. This really wore me out the other day. It's probably my back hurts this week. You know, I've got two grey Jalico ponies, my original ones I got from one of the arcades in London. It yeah. used to belong my to the little trot. pony, you my just want to own me. Pardon? Own me. Oh, I thought you said something else then. No, oh, no, no. Lord. No. So I've got the original ones, which are never going anywhere. They're going to be in my possession until I die. I love those cabs. They're never going anywhere. Mm. And I bought two white ones a little while ago, just before I moved to Scotland, as I moved to Scotland, actually. And since then, I didn't use them at all because the monitors that came with them, the tubes were completely worn out. They were really dull pictures. You, couldn't, you just couldn't mm. use them. They were rubbish. And I'm trying to find new monitors for them, just tubes or whole monitors. They're very, very difficult. I picked up one hanterax polo which is a very standard one i managed to get that in there it's a slightly different shape to the ones that were originally in there which were polo stars 
And the other one's between languishing, doing nothing for over, what, nearly two years now? A year and a half? Mm. So um, the lovely Stuart Tracy from Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater sent me a Sanwar 29E31S monitor for free. I think it was one I actually gave him. And he's basically just got it repaired and given it back to me, which is lovely of him. And I got it up here a little while ago, and it's been sat around in the way, actually. So to get this particular tube in, I've got a feeling it might be a slightly bigger tube than the ones that go in there. It might be a 28 rather than a 27 or 29 rather than 28. And basically the framework it goes into, I've had to do a major piece of finagling to get it in. So Ooh, I've drawn and tapped extra holes in it to the side of it to, to accept the bolts that hold the, the mounting lugs on the monitor. Mm-hmm. When I was trying to get it in the other day, it still wouldn't go in. So what I had to do is get an angle grinder to it. I've beaten this poor thing to death, and now it fits. I really had to try and push and, and shove to get it in there, and now it fits. But this monitor is a, a VGA-only monitor, so it'd be ideal for a MAME setup or a MISTER setup, maybe. Right. So I need to sort of um, get some power to it and see if it actually works. I haven't even tested it, but I think Stuart said he just had it serviced, so I think it'd be fine. But yeah, it's also it's a 100-volt monitor, so I need to get a step-down in there or some kind of um, voltage lower. Is that Japanese? Yes, 100 volts, because 110 is American, isn't it? Yeah. Or 120, I can't remember, and 100 is Japan. Yeah, and 100 is Japan. So yeah. Don't need to try that. What have you been up to? Well, this is a long time ago. I thought we mentioned it on the last podcast, but we didn't. We just we missed not. it. I went to a meet at Mr. Tronad's mini arcade cool. in Fleetwood with Charlie Farr and Happy Dude. Nice, Mark Happy Dude, because we're all we all live local. So he had a good gaming night. He's, he's got a, he's got a very nice. I think it's uh, two candy caps. I can't remember if it's Astro City or. Blast City, two two candy cabs, yeah. one vertical, one horizontal. Very good picture. It's got Crystal Castles, oh. these originals, Robotron, Defender, not Defender. Is it got Defender? No. I went there. You were there. Centipede. That's it. Oh, I saw the picture. And a virtual pinball. Uh huh. And and to the side there was like a a you know, sort of a, a mini sort of cab a candy cab thing I think. Yeah. With I think he said arcade SD. You know, one of them with like, oh, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a scrolling menu. Yeah. And behind that was brand new Star Wars One Up, the Ooh. One Up Star Wars. You got a One Up. Yeah. Ooh. Shame it, it, on t- him. I tell you what, he's going to hack it obviously to put all the the games that use a yoke in. There's not many though, is there? That was loads, isn't there? Like Paperboy, paper any racer you can use them on. Oh no, thanks. Yeah, you can you can do them. Yeah, so it's, it comes with Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Return of Judy. Judy's got lost. Judy's out, and she's back again. Yeah, and you've got to return her to somewhere. But mm-hmm. it's, it plays really well. It's the sounds good. No. Obviously, it's, it's not Vector, and no. it's LCD. But no. they've, they've done a really good job. No lag. No, the, the yoke is really sturdy. Oh, I love yokes. Look, look, look at this. Look at this, kids. Did you, get, did you get any of the yoke on your T-shirt? No. Whenever well, I have an X sandwich, is always yoke on the T-shirt. I think that's a level four. I have, I'd never get past level four, which is very bad. But I, I actually fell out. asleep. But it is good. It it is honestly, mm, it's not, good. It's not. I think I think they've up their game. Arcade one. No. But it's a shell, and it's 
it's it got a yoke on it, got a decent screen. You could probably take. Oh no, it's too it's too thin to take out to put in a CRT, but it's hackable, and he, he loves doing that kind of thing. It's hackable. Uh, it's a, you can hack it straight into the bin. So it's a one up, one up thumbs up for me. I'm afraid. I think what a lot of people will do with those things, and I'm all for it, is destroy the cabinet just to get the yoke, and then put a yoke on a home build. Is it the same size as an original yoke, or is it slightly smaller? I think it might be slightly smaller. I don't know. Because that, that'll ruin it for people a little bit. Because people, to get one of those Star Wars yokes, they're about 500 quid for a real one. I feel like a remade, re- um, reproduced one. They're really expensive. I don't know. It did feel... I can't remember because I haven't played an original Star Wars for a bit. Yeah. It might if it's smaller it's only very very slightly. Yeah, cuz those cubs are small. It look a bit weird with a full size yoke on there, I reckon. I think the 19-inch monitor or 20-inch monitor or something. Yeah, but the original's not, not 25. Amplifier. Yeah, not too bad. Not too mm. bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And also, yes. A couple of Sundays ago, about 10 o'clock, mm. I got this strange message. Link closer. Yeah. I got this strange message from someone who was just on on messenger he said hello would you like to go to america next month or in two months i went yeah who are you and it was you it was me yeah it was your your delayed 50th birthday because obviously things that have happened you know with your mum passing away and yeah. tory being ill and stuff and oh, God. and all of a sudden do you want to go so i thought for, thought about it for a good few seconds yeah i went oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'll go. So we're going... You did a Scooby. <laughs> so we're going the very end of June. I think it's yes. 26th, 27th, and we're coming back at the beginning of July, and it's Galloping Ghost. Yes. So about, we've already contacted a few American friends, like Pie Factory and Pete Hahn and yeah. Kevin Sonnets and that. Whitney and Brent. Yeah. So we're going on... Yeah, I think we're flying out on the... Is it the 27th of June? I don't know. Out? I'm just going to get in a car and then get in a plane. Right. Who knows? And you're Mrs. probably Tenpen- with me. Mrs. Tenpence will sort She'll of... She'll be corralling us around, hoarding us around. She's good at organising. like my wife, good at organising stuff. I yep. just like tag, just tag along. Yeah. And we're going Galloping Ghost, planned for Galloping Ghost and underga- Underground Retrocade. Yes, and many pizza places. Yeah. And probably Little Goat again, the diner. We went to... You had oh, yeah. Biscuits you know and waffles what? and stuff in. You know what I really want to see? What do you want to see? A Dave and Buster's. Oh, I'd just like I'll tell to you what, right, in. we'll take you to one and you can go in on your own and you'll be out within about three minutes. I just want to have a look around. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. Because we've got a mirror, haven't we, kind of. you know. Mm, they're, they're worse than that. They're, mu- they're, they're worse than you can imagine, seriously. I've got places like bowling alleys and then a mini arcade and like mm-hmm. pool tables. And There's one in Blackburn, actually. Well, if there is one in Chicago, we'll, we'll dump you there for five minutes and let have a look at it. Yeah, oh, I'd love you'll to be just, sorry. Just You're to see what it's like. sorry. Get an exclusive for Sean's arcade video. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's horrible. Let's go. Goodbye. That's what it'll be. <laughs> Have you seen the Mario film yet? No. You should. It's great. Is it? Yeah, really enjoyed it. If you have played the games and like them, which you should do because they're brilliant games, you'll get lots of it. If you haven't, it's just a fun, colourful, daft film with not much of a story but it's still great love it i think it was really good i really enjoyed it jack black of course steals the show as bowser he always does in whatever he's in uh yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun i really enjoyed it i particularly yeah, like charlie massive, day massive as luigi as well reviews. 
Who is? Charlie Day. He's Charlie in um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, he's good. Yeah, so he's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely excellent. Uh, another thing we talked about just earlier, actually, I'll have a quick chat about it now. I've been, when I got this new cab, right, when I got it all sort of running together and running nicely, I thought, right, I'm going to put a PCB in it and leave it in there for a while. I have a selection of little PCBs to go in there, the ones I've got left I want to keep. So I've got my PCBs out, which were in a, loads of boxes by the side in this room, and I've, I've tidied them all away now. I was basically trying these PCBs. I think, right, I'm going to sell that one, I'll sell that one, I'll keep that one. See, there were so many that had problems. Mm. It's one of these things with PCBs, and it, it's it's really getting me down now. I do like playing the original games, but a lot of them, if they're not in an original cabinet, I think I'm, I'm happy with emulation, whether it be FGPA, FPGA, Pi, computer, whatever. I don't really mind that much because... I'm not going to be making world records. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, flogging them to the public saying, no, this is an original arcade, blah, 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 taking people's money. It's just for my own amusement. But I'm still searching for the ultimate PCB replacement. Mm. Obviously, the best thing you can get is a reliable PCB. So you put it in there. Every time you turn it on, it works. Brilliant. All the games I've got dedicated, my Asteroids, Phoenix, Space Invaders, uh, Bosconian... Uh, the Scramble Multi-Kit, the Cuba, uh, one that was destined for Donkey Kong, and so, oh, I've got, some, I've got Cosmic Alien, a Ladybug, my Galaxian downstairs with that British cab. They've all got either original PCBs in or dedicated emulation solutions of some sort. Like the Cuba, has got an FPGA in it, and I've got a yeah. Berserk one as well. Uh, but all the other ones are original stuff, where they've got multi-games on. My Phoenix has got a high-score kit on it. The Asteroids has got a multi-kit on it, so you can play Asteroids, Asteroids, Lux, Lunar, Lander. The Space Invaders got... It did have a Braze kit in it, but I've got something new for that, which I'll tell you about later on. The Bosconian's got an original PCB. The Cuba is a FPGA. Uh, and the Donkey Kong... I did have a Donkey Kong board, but I sold it to Alex for his arcade. I think I've just got a, a 60 in one in there just playing Donkey Kong because there's no real discernible difference to me. There really mm. isn't. So, you know, it boots up immediately and all that. And what I've been trying to do is the ultimate PCB replacement for me, and I think I've been on about this before, is you, yeah. whatever it is, right, it runs on standard jammer for a jammer cab. When you turn the thing on, there's no boot screen. There's no Windows loading up. There's no Linux loading up, whatever. It just comes on with the game. Maybe a blank screen for a few seconds. I'm happy with that. Game comes up. No icons, no mouse pointers, none of that business. Just a game come on. Mm. And the ultimate for that is obviously FPGA because the, the Cubit one comes up immediately. The Berserk one comes up immediately. Uh, the All that sort of stuff is absolutely... If you can get the Williams one that's got all the Defender games on it and Joust and all that sort of stuff. And they're brilliant because they, they play probably as close to the PCB as you're going to get. They really are. And they boot immediately. And you can have them playing one game at a time or you know, a screen of a menu screen or whatever. So I'm after something like that. And ideally, I'd have one for each of my cabs. You know, I've got a few jammer cabs. You've got different games and obviously some are themed for a game and they stay at that game all the time. So with Windows solutions, I've got, I've got uh, a vertical and a horizontal Windows MAME setup. I think it's Groovy MAME running on my ponies downstairs my pony cabs, they obviously take a little time to load up. Even with 
SSDs and reasonably quick processes for the, what they're doing, they take a little time to, to load up. And you can sort of tell it's a PC in there. You know what I mean? It's, you can see a mouse pointer for a few seconds and all this sort of gear. Yeah. So I'm trying to get away from that. Now, you've got the good old 60-in-1, and you've got the 19-in-1 horizontal, which are quite good for what they are. Some of the sound on the 60-in-1 is really suspect. Like in Scramble, it sounds horrible. 1942 doesn't sound right. It's like over-amplified or something. It's not great. But the emulation's pretty good. It loads quite quickly. It, it does save the scores. It doesn't save your name, but it saves the score. It saves the number one score and all that sort of stuff. So that's not too bad. And for like, what's a 60-in-1 board? 40 quid? Yeah, like 50 Something quid-ish like at the minute. Yeah. Like that. They're not a lot of money. So that's pretty good. But then you've got the Windows one, which I said, but it's a whole PC in there, and you've got to load it up correctly and download, you know, turn it off properly, also, unless you've got certain setups. So that's sort of out for me, even though it's got the main, which is probably emulates the most things. Main is brilliant. You know, a PC can run the brand new version of Main, thousands of games work on it, blah, blah, blah. But it's just that booting sequence that bugs me, and you can't load windows main without loading windows obviously first even a cut down version of windows still takes about time to load mm. so the next one i tried i sort of dug out and used it for a while is the pi jammer thingy this is the the pi setup that rich chunkson sort of gave birth to if you want to call it that and it's basically a little setup it's a pi 3b i think it's a i think mine uses a JPack, an Ultimuck JPack to interface interface it to arcade controls, and it's got a little adapter that goes from HDMI from the Pi to VGA, but then the VGA goes to 15 kilohertz. It runs at 15 kilohertz, and that goes into the JPack, which goes into your monitor your arcade, and that works really well. I noticed the one I've got, which is quite an old version of it, it loads in 13 seconds. So by the time the monitors, by the time the monitors actually warmed up you don't really see much going on. It's just there, and your games are there. And I've got a really know, my, nice vertical mine, setup in it. Mine is Groovy Arcade, right? Uh-huh. Which is... Linux, right? Yeah, Linux. It's, it's It runs SDL main, which is just a Linux port, which is exactly the same. Yeah. And you boot it up on an SSD, and it's only track mode, and it comes up, it, it flashes up a track mode, but you can switch that off. Yeah. You can actually switch it off. There's, there's no other operating system on it. There's no Windows. There's nothing. Right. You can go into it. It's Arch Linux. You can go into it, and there is like a... Like there's a cut-down menu. version of Linux. Yeah, there is a menu, and you can go into a browser, and yeah. then you can move your games around, or you can just do it by command line, but it's a lot easier moving it. But that might be something... How long does it take that, to load? It takes to boot up. With the SSD, it takes about 10 seconds. Wow. It's almost the same as... Because the, the only problem with the Jammer Pi thingy, because it's really good, because it's really simple... It looks like the menus from 1983, which is exactly what I want. It's just got like the text of the game and a little picture underneath of what it looks like. That's all I need. I don't need no videos, no sounds, nothing. Just really simple. But the thing with that is that version of MAME is version 106, which is a really, really old version. Mm. And certain games just don't work on it. They just won't work. I can't even find the ROM. I don't think at the time the ROMs were released for that particular version. So if you use a later ROM version, it just won't work with it. But I think Rich is working on a newer version because there is a version of MAME that works for the Pi 4 and that will run Naomi games on it. It's that advanced. 
Right. Not that I particularly want to play him, but it is good if, you, if you're if you into the newer games. So I think he's going to be updating that soon. It'd be really cool if he does, because that attract mode on there is absolutely brilliant. It runs all the ROMs off of an S, off of a, um, a USB stick as well. So when you turn the thing off, it doesn't corrupt it. Because mm. it doesn't, it doesn't write anything to the actual SD card of the um, of the Linux, which is like a hard drive for it. So it works really nice, and I'm really happy with it. It's just if it had a slightly newer version of MAME, it gets things running a little bit better on it. But other than that, it's absolutely brilliant. But um, there's a few games won't work on it. I'm a bit miffed about, but you know, it's it's been brilliant though, and that's what's in my. Well, actually, no, a Telelite's on top of my Vartek Cadet at the moment. It's going to go back in there. I've actually put a bootleg of Star Force in there. Absolutely yeah. perfect game to play in, in a Vartek Cadet. Mm, suits I, it. I love Star Force. Still love that game even now. And yeah, I've got um, a bootleg of Volgus as well, which is right next to the machine. So I can swap in and out a few little PCBs. And I was playing Raiden 2 in there the other day, but the, the graphics kept getting corrupted. I think I need to turn the voltage down a little bit on the switch because it was up high for a, a big bootleg board. They normally need a bit more voltage. Got to turn it back down again mm-hmm. for an original one. But yeah, I've been really into that, but I'm still looking for that ultimate PCB replacement. It'd be nice to have a little jammer board, you know, a tiny little thing, because always going to be tiny nowadays, with enough hardware on it to run main games without any kind of operating system or whatever, or a very, very cut-down OS just to get it running. Because mm. I remember early-ish in Maine, when it used to run on MS-DOS, you could run, I can't remember what version of it now, it was an old DOS version of Emma, of MAME front end. And it was just like a text in with a few pictures on it, really simple looking. And it used to run through DOS. So you turn the computer on, DOS would load up almost instantly off the hard drive, and it'd just be there. So if you actually reset the back of it, it would just blink and it was back on again. It was that quick. But obviously that old version of MAME running on DOS half the ROMs nowadays wouldn't work on it. So, mm-hmm. but that was, might- the, that was a really fast version. I can't remember the name of the, of the front end that it ran, but it's a really old one, really old. Yeah, you might be all right with like Groovy, Groovy Arcade. Because it's Linux, you could get someone to like program a front end or just, yeah. or just boot straight into a, into a game. Because what it's got at the minute, you can put anything on it, but it's, it's a, a, a track mode. The track so mode just, is brilliant. I really like a track mode. That's so I've just left it on, Yeah, I've just left it on that, on the track mode. Yeah. But what I've, what I've got, I've got, I've put a screensaver on it, right, which is weird on a cab, but the screensaver is MP4s. I've found out a way to load MP4s into the directory. Oh, so it's got videos on that. Yeah, so as okay. it, if it's off for a couple of minutes, it comes up with videos with sound. And oh, it gives right. me loads of ideas for games. Cool. And I just leave it running because I, I love screensaver, you know, like the... Yeah, yeah, it, looks, it does look good, actually. It, say, it does, obviously, save your screen. That's what they were for, for CRTs. It's a bit you know, LCDs nowadays, you don't really need them, but back then, you needed them. Yeah, it looks very good. Yeah, that, yeah, Linux may be the way. But a little uh, a little jammer board, because I've got, um, I've got a ZX Uno 4.1, I think it is. It's a tiny little board, which is an FPGA, which was intended to run a Spectrum hardware emulation on it. But it runs lots of computers quite a few consoles and arcade games but it's like quite older arcade games like early 80s ones galaxian mm-hmm. space invaders pengo pac-man 
Donkey Kong, things like that, you know, the early games and not much more. And they sort of discontinued it because I think they went to a new version of the ZX Uno and it went more down the sort of spectrum emulation, hardware emulation route rather than the arcade. But that that loads games immediately. And you can change the cores on it quite easily as well, just from the SD card. You You just rename a core and it loads that on boot. Simple as that. So that one's quite good. I've also got a bit kit, which yeah. is, is an FPGA multi-game emulator. But you, you can only fit, on the one I've got, which is the older version, I think you can only fit 32 slots on there. So you've got 32 games. And it, it, does, it does run a lot of older games, but they were getting new, it was still being developed, newer cores for it. And the last one we got on there was stuff like Galaga, Dig Dug, uh, Lock and Chase. I think Burger Time's on there. There's a few newer ones on there, which I was quite pleased to see. But you sort of, when you hit the limit, you've got to delete some of the older ones and put some other ones on there. And there's certain parts of the core you can't load. So if you have, say, the core that runs Dig Dug, for instance, you mm-hmm. possibly can't run the games that run on Galaga hardware, like Galaga and I think Super Pac-Man and Baby Pac-Man or whatever it is. So you can't run some of them in conjunction with others. You've got to miss out some to play the other ones. It's a bit of a pain, but that that is a good board. It, it works really nicely. Um, and obviously the the Cubert one's really good. And the Berserk one's really good. It plays Berserk, both versions of Berserk and Frenzy, which is really cool. So I'd like more boards like that coming out to play... Obviously, if you had a single game, people wouldn't really be buying it unless they're replacing it for a cabinet. Because obviously, the, the, the Berserk hardware is made of old nuts and bolts and pinball parts, and it doesn't work very well anymore. So mm. one of those in a proper cab, absolutely brilliant. It makes the cab alive again, and you wouldn't notice the difference. So stuff but like that would be quite good. You'll find some I'm surprised someone hasn't done a Galaxian one yet, because Galaxian runs loads of games. Actually, the, the bit kit plays a lot of Galaxian boards. Or Galaxian mm. games. You know, stuff like that. You'd think that someone would have done something like that by now, especially the popular games. I suppose the bit kit does cover quite a few. And also that um, arcade SD. But the arcade SD isn't being supported anymore. And luckily the bit kit now and again does get some updates. But that's the problem. It's people keeping it up and keep going on it. Because I'm sure that thing could play hundreds of games if they could, you know, get the cores working on it. And obviously... I'm looking at it. There's a Mister as well. A Mister is an overkill because Mister can do so many things, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of things it can do. It's really good. But then, if you had one in each cab, you'd be bankrupt if you've got a load of cabs because they're quite expensive things to get to get all the parts for it. So a cheap single board that plays certain games would be absolutely brilliant. I'd buy one for every cab easily. I'd just buy one straight away. Hopefully with the new pyjama setup thing whenever that comes out, if Rich can do it, that's what I'll be using. Because it seems to be the fastest, simplest thing. Which is, It's got all my needs covered. You just need a more up-to-date version of MAME, don't you? That's all it needs. That's all it needs, yeah. Yeah, I've got, in that cab, I've got, I think it's SDL MAME, and I haven't updated it. Every so often it'll update it, Groovy Arcade. Okay. It's just a distribution that runs. There's nothing else in it, so you don't, don't, there's no mess with Windows. Yeah. But I think I'm on MAME. 
I think it's 226, I think, is in there. Oh, wow. That's but way just, more advanced than that Pi one I've got. That's 106, just, I think. I think they've just bumped it up to 240 summer, and the, the proper, the, the new distribution is, I think it's 254 summer, and That's going to play that, everything we want, isn't it? Easy. And now... They're now on about, I think they're getting sort of the Naomi boards running pretty good on it now on that oh. new main. Uh, uh, sorry, no, the Namco, is it Namco 60, System 16, I think, wow. is it? System 22, is it? The ones with San Francisco rush on and then ones. Oh, no, that's way more advanced. That's like yeah. System 256, stuff like that. Oh, they're, they're, they're much more advanced for me, those ones. They're too modern. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Mamie's doing well. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely brilliant. So Are continuing on from that, yes. because of trying out all these jammer boards and get setting up emulators for the new cab and all that sort of stuff, this is some of the games I've been playing. So I've been playing Volga, it's my bootleg PCB. I fixed the sound on it. When it when I first had it, it was like making a sort of, well, it's still not quite fixed, making a sort of squealing sound from the, I don't know where from the sound's coming from, but when I was touching one of the caps in the sound section, it was going on and off. I think the cap was like loose inside. It was a, a worn one. I've replaced the cap on it, and the sound works fine again now. But there's still like a squealing in the background. I'm not sure if that's mm. to do with the sound EEPROM. Something wrong with that, or the maybe some of the caps in the sound section, or possibly the amplifier, because amps do go on cabs on on PCBs sometimes. Could be Percy Pig. Could be East Percy Wheels. Pig. He squeals a bit, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So that mm. one I've been playing in there, I love Volgus. Such a good game. Also, on exactly the same style of board, 1942 bootleg as well. But that has got no sound at all. So maybe it was a, an error in those PCBs. Maybe it was a thing that started to break down a lot in that. I'd like to get that fixed, actually, because I do like 1942 as well. Donkey Kong Jr. I have got bootleg and original PCBs. There, so I'll probably sell my two original PCBs. And just mm. keep the bootleg one. Might as well. Yeah. Um, Donkey Kong on the 60 and one. I had a quick go at Donkey Kong. Got over 100,000 on my first go. So I haven't lost my skills. Still not that good, but a bit of skills in there. So that's also on the ZX Uno FPGA, which works quite nicely on that. I've been playing Lock and Chase on the bit kit. I like a bit of Lock and Chase. Do you? Is that the one with the gates revolve? Yeah. No, no. That's, that's Dorian one. Or Ladybug, you're thinking of. This one is a maze game where you're a little robber and there's cops after you. And when you go through certain um, when you go through certain gates, there's not a gate there. When you press your button, the gate will close behind you. Uh, yeah, you can have two yeah. on the screen at once, and they sort of wear away slowly, and you can get, you've got some more chances again. But if there's a cop chasing you, you can hit it before he gets to the gate. It'll, it'll lock him out. It's quite a good little mechanic. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah I have played lock it. and I chase. Hmm. Vision or something rings about. It was on in television. It was oh. a really good version on the television. It works really nicely on the television. Yeah. Uh, Gemini Wing. I got a bootleg board of that. I, I never. We played that on the podcast, didn't we? We did. I think that's when I got the PCB. I think we played it for that. Mm. And obviously, a bunch of games on the rich chunks in Python. Yeah, I'm adding some more games too. I've been working through Mame. I look for some nice vertical games for that. I've found a few I'm going to put on there. One of them I was playing earlier is Super Star Force. It's quite a different Super game from Star, Star Force. Force. Yes, Super right. Star Force. No, what's it called? Oh, geez, they'll never get it. It's not Super Star Force. What's the follow-up to Star Force called? 
hardcore Star Force. Mega Star Force. It's something Star Force anyway, I can't remember. Uh, it's the follow-up to it. I told you. It's final Star Force. You wet idiots. It's not so oh, much God, an old school... Yeah, yeah, mine has. It's not so much an old-school Star Force game like Star Force is, like, you know, Volgus, 1942, that kind of shooter. It's more like a kind of Twin Cobra kind of thing. You've got different power-ups mm. in it. You've got a lot of enemies shooting at you, a lot of tanks and stuff. It's very similar to Twin Cobra, Ride, and that kind of game. It's not a bad oh, little yeah. game. Yeah, it's coming it's back good. to me. I can't remember what it's called. It's similar to Star Force, isn't it? I bet you remember later on. Yeah. Mega Star Force? I can't remember now. Harumph. Star Super. Force Returns? I don't know. We're getting old. Super. It's painful, Sean. It's painful. Sex, Listen to sexy, sexy Star, Star Force. Force. Sexy, sexy Star, Star Force. Yeah. That's it. That's going in the notes. Sexy Star Force is what we've been playing. Out of date. Right, what I've been playing is mm-hmm. the featured game and lots of it. We'll talk about that later. I've been playing very little of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been also playing that at the Pico 8 game that we talked about later. I'm well well impressed with that, really am. And also, do you know first for the Arcade Archives high score challenge? I'm doing two challenges a month. I have not been playing that because I'm rubbish at it. I do like it, but I'm absolutely terrible at that game. I think we did it, and we did it on easy difficulty, and I got 1.9 million. Really? This one is set on, I think it's level two or three which is the standard difficulty but it's so much harder you get basically if you haven't played it it's a vertical defender isn't it it is almost yeah it's yeah. such a great game but i am absolutely terrible at it. i might have to play a bit more to get in, back into it but i do like it it's a great little game but it's it's hard work so what i did i like i was did you call it flow state or whatever but i was in i was in the zone and i was just playing i weren't even yeah man I weren't even looking at the score. I thought, don't look at the score, just play, play, play. I weren't even looking at the screen, you were cutting your toenails or something at the time. I was having a brew. And I got 801,000. Well done. 800,000, so I'm currently first. No, no, Mr. Berserk Mr. Berserk has beat me. He's got a million. He's Berserk, he, 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 it rolls at a million, so he's got like wow. 90,000 or something, a million, 90,000, something like that. But, yeah, it's weird how you just... It, it, you don't get many games like that where you're just chilled, you're relaxing, mm. you can everything's going your way and I just had a, an amazing everything's game. Everything's going my way. Like a thing in a thing in a place. coming up roses. Roses, I love roses, especially the coconut ones. Mm. Right, then next, next thing. Uh, do you know <laughs> Greg Mott? I don't, no. I know Robo Greg mm. from the forums. Greg's a friend of mine. He is a three-plus million point player on Juno First. Yeah, that's a big score. That's a big score. Mm. Yeah, brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant game, that. So Mm. I've been playing all those kind of... I've been playing my Pico 8 game briefly. Uh, I've been playing the consoles for a while. Oh, actually... Ooh, yeah, I've been playing a console game. I'll talk about that later. I'm going to do a little review of it, actually. Ooh, Mm. modern game. Yeah, (laughs) not that modern. But modern, I knew. Arcade news. Oh, what is this news? Is it news? Tell the it listeners is. what it is, Sean, and I will give it some grief. I'll just put um, yeah. Atari releases replica PCBs for Black Widow, Greta, and Major Havoc. Yeah, and 
What are they? Are they Why supposed though? To, Why they're though? Supposed to be, are they like wall hangings or something? Or because there's there's no ch- chips on them. They say you can put you can. Basically, put, it's they've used the original um, diagrams, molds, schematics. schematics for those original PCBs. Those PCBs for those games nowadays are expensive. They're very expensive. They're rare PCBs to find nowadays, rare cabs as well. So they're original schematics diagram PCBs on brand new coloured or colourful PCBs. Apparently, if you can get all the bits, all the chips, all the resistors, all the capacitors, all the diodes, blah, 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 all the EEPROMs to go on it, it would run the game on a P- on, a, on an actual cabinet. Whether anyone's tried that or not, who knows? I bet they haven't, because you could probably pick up a PCB for cheaper than buying that. It's two hundred. Was it two hundred fifty dollars just for the PCB? Forty-five dollars just just for the blank. Do you know how cheap it is to get PCBs printed in China? Six quid. It's not very much. Seriously, Uh, you know PCBs like you know little ones are like less than a pound. Seriously, they're, they're nothing. Because there's companies like PCB Way and stuff in China, big companies. If you draw out a PCB, they'll print it for you. So you could, if you had the rights to use those schematics, you could get one printed yourself for a lot less money than that. But I don't, I think they're really stupid because the reason they're selling them (laughs) is they're intended for wall art. Yeah, they've got the marquee. On these pictures, they've put yeah, it's, out it's like they've on got the, back the marquee of it, on the top of the on the top of the PCB anyway. Yeah, as if you didn't know what it was anyway. If you're buying that sort of thing, it does. it's it almost look, like looks all right as a like a thirty pound picture. Yeah, you can put on your wall. You know, if you if you're into art, you might buy an expensive print, or if you're really well off, an original piece of art. Right, and that's fine because that's you know a particular one off thing. This is a PCB that was widely built back in the 80s for these mm. cabinets. They made thousands of them. Obviously, there's not many around nowadays. But why would you put one on the wall? If you had Goodness. one, you put it in the cabinet and play it, surely. I've never been, I've never understood this thing about so called art. There was someone a little while back taking Game Boys, original Game Boys, the DMG Game Boys, right? taking them to bits and putting them in a frame. So basically wasting a Game Boy. And the argument was, oh, this Game Boy doesn't work anymore. It's a nice piece of art. There's loads of them around. I said, well, but they can be repaired quite easily. It's not that difficult to fix Game Boy. I've fixed them before. It's usually just a small, small thing that's gone wrong in it. And it seems like a waste. Why didn't they just reproduce the parts? You can reproduce the PCB... You can stuff it full of parts or leave it bare, whatever. You can get replacement shells for for Game Boys. You can get replacement screens. You can get replacement buttons. Everything is replaceable. Why ruin an original one when you can play it? Give it it's someone weird, to play. It? it was really weird how they did it, and it seems like this wall art is a big thing. I've never really understood it. No, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see why they, they have to explode these consoles so you can see the insides of them. If you want that, get a clear case. And you can see it while you're playing it. It's, it's never really appealed to me, that. And this is just... It's one of these wacky ideas the the current company behind Atari use. Remember the, the 
the stereo hat they made? Oh dear. And <laughs> what? The, did you not know this? Atari a made a stereo cap. It was a cap with a speaker in the front of it. They're trying loads of stuff. They're I, trying I think, a lot of nonsense. I think they're just throwing yep. crap at the wall and see what sticks. See what sticks. But yeah. it still stinks. Still stinks, yeah. Sean. Yeah, it's it's not great. The, the last good thing I've heard that they did is the Atari is the Atari Fifty. They yeah, released a load really of good. original, well, the original games and new versions of games that's done quite well on on the modern consoles. So I think that's probably the best thing they've done. But they're only using their old IPs. They've done nothing new. Mm. The Atari now is nothing like the seventies Atari. It's it's just not. It's just a, this is a brand. Yeah, it's, it's a cool a, brand. You know, I love, I love the Atari logo and all the wood grain and the colours that go with it. But I don't know what they're doing with this sort of thing. It just seems mad. It'd be interesting to find if someone's actually got all the parts, stuffed it onto the PCB, and see if it actually works. And then write into Atari saying, "I did this. It's not working. You owe me three hundred quid." <laughs> Yeah, would, you, oh. would you bother? Would you bother with well, it? Well, no, you, you just you just hunt down a PCB from an old machine or a spare one, wouldn't you? If you want mm. new one, or get your original one fixed. They're usually quite fixable. You send them the right people. Have you heard of Murtop? No, you, well, you sent me a version of it which I could run on my Linux. Yeah, have you played it? A little bit. What do you think of it? Not a fan. <gasps> it, it's it's. Bomberman it's not your game, is it? It's, it's not your Bomberman, kind of which I'm not very keen on, and Dig Dug, which I'm not very keen on, mixed together. So I'm not. I'm just not. It's not for right. me. That. Stop. Hush your lips, right there. <laughs> it's a hush new your lips, Harley. Slow. Hush your lips, Harley. It's a new stroke old school arcade game, which has been released on the Switch and Windows, Linux, and Mac OS computers. Actually, which is really cool. Uh, it's released on the 18th of May. And I had an advanced copy of it on the Switch 10 days before it was released. I'm really lucky to have been sent that. I have reviewed it, and we'll get a little of that later in the podcast. Oof. Did you know also, talking about new modern games, new modern arcade games, which we kind of like, Donut Dodo, which I raved about, and I'm still raving, it's an absolutely brilliant game, that's been made into a RetroPie version. So if you've got a Raspberry Pi or a Linux setup running RetroPie, which runs a lot of those emulators... You yeah, can yeah. now play Donut Dodo in there. How cool is that? That is one game that does look really good and I've never played it. <gasps> Mate, you need to play Donut Dodo. Go and buy it. It's like five quid on Steam. It's it's so good. It's so good. Have I played it or have I just watched a video? It's one of them things I might have disremembered. Well, you're know. coming to see me before we go to Chicago. I will mm. let you play it. Mm. I've got it on Switch and uh, I couldn't get it running on a cab actually because my Windows 7 wouldn't run it. But now RetroPie runs it. I might have to get a, a Linux set up on a Raspberry Pi and play it in one of my cabs. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, it's going to yeah, be Retro an arcade game, isn't it? Yes, it's going to arcade. It's going in the uh, Exa Arcadia. Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's getting a two-player really. version, which we no other consoles got. It's only going to be two-player in the arcade. Oh, it seems so good. I really do like that game. I like both of these. We'll talk about Murtaugh a little bit later. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. Hmm. Right, these are Ooh. Ooh, from my good friend, Mr. Mark Happy Dude. They are it's not my friend. He didn't bloody send me any. <laughs> Harumph. 
They are Williams white chocolate oat biscuits made in Preston, Lancashire. Ooh, so I And what they are, they're, there's only six biscuits in the pack. So very large. They're posh. They're oat biscuits. So they taste almost like a f- squashed flapjack. Oh, hello. Like, you got me there, mate. You got me at flapjack. With, with like white chocolate on, and they are gorgeous. They really are. Each one's like a meal. It'd be better with milk chocolate. I'm not too keen on white chocolate. It's a bit too sweet and sickly for me. Oh, I love it. That they are a ten out of ten biscuit for me. Really? They're absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had a amazing. ten out of ten before? I don't know. Ooh. Actually, all the biscuits you say are ten out of ten. Yeah. Well, uh, fair enough. They do look good, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're amazing. Bring some when you come and see me. See that packet's ripped. What it is because you just you just. They gobbled in, your way into it, didn't you? Look at this, kids. They were in two packs of three, and the and the packs were glued to the bottom of the cardboard. So you, had to, so you, know, you just savaged of, your way into it. A little bit of glue. That's weird. So I had to rip them off. Yeah, that's why it the didn't stop you, did it? Did not slow no, you. Oof, 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 oof. No, sorry, sorry about that. Don't know what that was. I was getting quite excited then. Yeah. Recent pickups. So this. Well, everyone knows now I've got a cab, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I said a little while ago, I'm done with buying cabs. I've got everything I need. How wrong I was. <laughs> I bought that cab a little while ago, which I'm sort of maybe get rid of soon. Not sure. Because it's in the front room and it's not going to be able to go up here. There's no room for it. The Vartec Cadet is staying. It's pride of place already. Got it right where I want it. It's a lovely little thing. I've also got a new Space Invaders multi-game. We talked about multi-games a little bit earlier. This is the new Phil Murray Space Invaders multi-game, and it's a doozy. It's got different games, that on the Braze kit, which I've also got, and it's got one called Invaders Revenge, which is as hard as concrete nails. It's so hard. Have you ever played it? Is it the Zachariah one? I don't know what it is, but... No, I I think it was an official an official um, kit for a Space Invaders cab. But it plays lots of different versions of Space Invaders, some obscure ones as well on Space Invaders hardware. But the good thing about this kit, there's no FPGA at all. It's playing on actual 8080 hardware, which all Phil's kits do. Mm. They all play on original stuff. And it's absolutely brilliant. He's just sent me... There was a game on there, which I never played before. I think it's called Space Ranger. And it plays upside down, and there's no way of turning it round. And he's replaced the code on it to play another Space Invaders variant, which I've yet to update on. And he sent me the code of the day, and I'll be updating it. And hopefully, Phil will be adding more games to it. And he mm. even said, I asked him tentatively, if you could get Space Fever, Nintendo Space Fever working on it, because it's the same 8080 CPU. And he said, technically you could, but it'd be very difficult. And I said to him, oh yeah, I bet you can't. <laughs> and he went years ago I would have taken you up on that but I'm not going to now I went alright then <laughs> I sort of dared him I've done that before and he, he came up with this scramble hardware which is one of my favourite kits it's so good see I got that and it's really good I'm really used to, I, I just like playing those older variants of games they're, they're basically pay Space Invaders but there's different versions they've all got little extra little weird bits in and bootleg versions stuff. I really like it really enjoy that and on original hardware as well uh, what else have we been getting? Like, I bought that new switch in power supply for the uh, replacement of the Vartec one, but not a lot mm. else really. Uh, no, no. Right, you? I've got, 
I've got two reverse pickups and a pickup. Oh, right? go on. Reverse pickups mean you've sold something. I've sold my Vectrex. Is that the one I kindly gave you? Yes. You turd. <laughs> but you I weren't really using it. it, were you? No. I thought, I thought right, a, a bit of nostalgia. I'd love to play it. And I got it got it back. And all I played was Mindstorm. And <laughs> the, the built-in the, game. <laughs> and, and the Asteroids versions of, you know, the Asteroids yeah. version. And I played Chris CMP's uh, is it Frontier. Yeah, brilliant. I, I played that quite a bit, but I just, I don't know. It's just, I've got no kind of love for it anymore. It's very really? weird. Yeah. Because you, you are like a two million point Mindstorm player. You're the best Mindstorm player I've ever seen. And just play it for indefinitely. Yeah, you can play it. Yeah. Just, we were talking at one of the revivals years ago. We were just chatting there for about an hour and you're just playing it without even looking at it, basically. And I was like, these guys are some sort of savant. <laughs> I played it so much as a yeah. kid, and I, st- I still like it. But I love it. I, I switched it on at Christmas and yeah. showed it to my brother. He says, "Oh, I remember that. It's really good." Oh, cool. And then I, I, t- I haven't touched it since then. And I switched it on the other day, and it, w- it got like vertical claps or whatever for all. Oh. And you sent me the the spring to check to fix. You sent me a couple of your controllers, didn't you? Yeah. But you sent me a spring to fix the original controller. Yeah. And I never I never did that. What so are you? I'm a cretin. You're a trombone. I'm a cretin. It's like just, a buffoon, but it's a trombone version. I just, I just it's just not. That's the noise I make when I see you. And then Mr. Mark Happy Dude said he's desperate to find one of these, and I thought, well, why not? I've got why four. Not, why not give it to someone or sell it to someone that is really going to appreciate it and look after it and. Yeah. Because it's just been sat there gathering dust. And, and just, the money you make on that, spend in Chicago. I have to, yeah, I will do. Cool. So I've sold it. I've sold it to him, and mm-hmm. in a couple of days, he'd fixed the. Well, Tronads had helped him. Yeah, <laughs> it, it like done some. Uh, I don't know. He's recapped a few bits. So the they normally need uh, normal electrolytic caps and integrated caps changing on them. That's it's, the it's thing that usually fails, and also the. The sound chip, which is an AY38910 sound chip, fails. And that usually takes out the sound as well as the controls. So if you've got a controller that's not working, it's usually the sound chip that's gone. And they're very common problems with Vectrex. I've fixed a few before just by chasing those little things. So he got that working, and then he got the joystick working. Cool. And then I also... Someone gave me a... What's the Pi version of the... The Pi Pytrex. Yeah, that's really good. That plays some arcade games, that one. And I got a Raspberry Pi Zero, and I never did anything with that. Yeah. So he's got he's got that working with all the games on it. So he's he's making good use of it, far better than I could use. So I'm so pleased that someone's using it, and it's not just sat... It's weird, I thought. I thought I would get into it, but it's just not there. I just... And you're going to send me back my Vec Fever, right? Yeah, I've got it, yeah. Yes. I'm looking, I'm looking at it now. Yes, that very you keep that safe. I didn't. I didn't give him that because that's very expensive, isn't it? Yes, um, that's not going anywhere. That's going with me. That is. Hopefully, yeah. I've got uh, someone who's very clever looking at my scope tracks. Now, a scope tracks I got a, a few years ago now, and it's basically a remade PCB, brand new, reprinted, um, slightly jigged up version of a Vectrex. So you populate it with parts. And the idea is, it's a Vectrex with proper hardware, same as a Vectrex. It's got some slightly newer bits on it, but basically the same thing. 
and you plug it into an oscilloscope, which is obviously an XY vector I've seen screen, pictures of this, I think. And it plays original Vectrex on a scope. But I haven't got a scope. I've never had a scope. I bought it thinking I'll get one for it, you know, just and I'll make a little mini Vectrex. And I still haven't got one now. But what Jim Watt did, the guy who lives in Glasgow here, a very clever guy, he made an interface which you plug an original Vectrex, or in this case, a Scopetrex, into, and you put that in an Asteroids cab. So I can play Vectrex on my Asteroids cab. Right. And all the games on the Vec Fever, I can play Star Wars on there, I can play Battlezone on there, um, Black Widow, loads of arcade games on original Vector hardware. But the thing is, when I built the Scopetrex, it never worked properly. I must have done something wrong. And the controls weren't... There was a few missing controls that weren't quite working. And the guy who's got it's very clever. And hopefully he's going to fix it for me. And even maybe reproduce it. Because the PCBs that a guy called Tube Time did, a very clever engineer, I think it's... I think MB or GCU used to own Vectrex have allowed people to use their hardware freely. Don't quote me on that. But I think it's, mm-hmm. it's license-free now. And also Tube Time did this thing... I think, with a free license as well. So if you wanted to print your own PCB, you just get the schematics for free, send them to one of these companies, they'll print the PCB for you. They just stuff it full of components, Vectrex. It's that simple. Wow. So you don't even need an original Vectrex to play original Vectrex hardware anymore. So that is that is a reproduction I'm thoroughly behind. It's absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm glad it's gone to a good home. He's, he's really enjoying it already because I, I just... He needs to buy some of my controllers then, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. You're Mm. sorry? He needs to buy some of my controllers. Another customer. Yeah, he's he's got a... What was it you you gave me? Oh, your mini one, wasn't it? And did I give you a spinner as well? Yeah, spinner as well, yeah. Oh, he's got everything. Damn. Yeah, he's got them. He'll need a twin big boy. I'm sure he will. (laughs) (laughs) So, also, I've been... I've had a load of like old computers in storage that, that I got years ago. Me and Lewis went on a, on a raid. And we yeah, got I remember you brought up. one to me when I was um, back in London. You brought a few yeah. things for me to look at, and we fixed a few, didn't we? Yeah. Got a few I got, going. I, I got two Acorn Archimedes, right, mm-hmm. 3000, and I got one of them running, and it's very hard to get a picture of this, some bizarre pinout on us. Oh, right. I got managed to get a picture using i think i think it came with one official lead which is just a weird version of vga but i got it working yeah so i put that picture up and then i put it on an lcd and i put it on a crt and said this is it this is working it's coming up with errors yeah but it's powering up oh, took yeah. a picture of the power button mm-hmm. 237 quid it wow. sold for is a 3000 a particularly good archimedes because they had archimedes in my last few years at school they used to run cad software on it Looks like a big Amiga kind of thing. Really. Yeah, it's a similar. It's a sixteen-bit processor, like an Amiga or an ST, or uh, a sixty-eight thousand, an X sixty-eight thousand. It's a sixteen-bit processor. But I never really used Archimedes. But obviously, there's new versions and higher versions with more RAM and more storage and more, you know, faster processors and stuff. I think a three thousand must be quite a high-graded one. Yeah, I think so. That, I do that's, no, that's all not familiar with those. It's all money for trip chicago there cool absolutely brilliant i have actually got a pickup this was is it an arcade related one it's just biscuits again no no more biscuits Mm -hmm. oh look it is an arcade one this is the first isn't it go on 
Yeah, it is. Well, it kind of is. It's a Pandora's box, 10th anniversary edition. Did you open it and loads of them things flew out? Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't never open Pandora's don't box. Don't open Pandora's box. Unless you've got some screws and you don't, don't want to... Like, yes, but it's... I did a review and I put it on different places, so I copied and pasted it here. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? This is not AI, this is me. Hey, yeah. kids, I thought you'd be interested in a quick review of the latest Pandora. I put it on an arcade chat somewhere. I, the Pandora's box, 10th anniversary edition, right? What it is, yeah. 5,100 games, My a Lord. lot of console stuff. I've only got four buttons on my cab, so I couldn't play NES, NES games properly. Right. <laughs> I can play Mega Drive the games, all right. Cool. Uh, it's got light gun support, it says, but I haven't been able to test that because I haven't got light guns. You'd just be able to plug them in. Yeah. There's, it's kind of an 80-20 mix in between horizontal and vertical because Pandora's are meant for TVs, really. And yeah, and got a lot of console games. They're all horizontal, aren't they? Yeah, so there's a not a lot of, I'd say, 20% even less of vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got now, it's got search, save, difficulty, auto-fire, button mapping. It's all very rudimentary. You can, if you change your difficulty settings, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you change your difficulty settings of every game on oh, the right. machine Eek. in one hit. Right. I do a factory reset. And what, there's Wi-Fi with it as well. But I don't Ooh. know what that, that must be for over-the-air updates, I would think, and, right. and wired. It's got z- this is very good for it. It's got zero lag, as far as I can tell, with, right. with all horizontal games. I can't tell any lag with horizontal games. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. There is some judder on some of the games, not exactly lag. I noticed it on Ghosts and Goblins, I think. I noticed a bit of judder. Right. But most of them, there's nothing. It's, it's really, if you're going to play horizontal, you're fine. Right. But some of them, the the three four screen you know like, like vertical orientation yeah vertical that some of them are bad yeah like, it just must be built for horizontal like Galaxian do you know the one i used playing to terrible the game i used to play on versions of mame to see if there was any judder or screen tear and was pacmania mm. that one plays horrible unless you've got a really good setup i think they've they've sorted it nowadays on the new version of mame now with the different version the video settings but Back then, it was always really choppy. You could almost see it sort of jittering along. And that was and one wonder. I always used to use. So try have a look. at It's got Pac-Mania on there. Try that, and you'll see how bad it is then. If you use that one, it's a good one to test that. the boy always thought it was bad. Yeah, so, it was, wasn't it? On so a single-screen game, like mm-hmm. Pac-Man, plays fine. Yeah, but when perfect. it starts vertically scrolling, some mm. of them, like... There's this one is the arcade one, because it's got a jammer edge. There's, a, there's one called the family version yeah which is, you can just vga uh, vga and that's got folders you can go into and put your own roms in that version oh, right so it's basically a computer in a tiny form factor isn't yeah it? i don't know if you i don't know if you would but it, it's weird because some of them some of the games i know there's you can tell there's about five really old versions of mame like there's mm. advanced mame three which i think is 106 yeah. And there's like Final Burn Alpha, but it's an older version. It sounds like the versions that the Pyjama runs. Yeah, I think it is. It's very similar. I, I bet yeah. you it's a version of Linux on that box. It must be so a cut down version of Linux. Because that's usually what these things tell, are, aren't they? You can always tell what versions it's running because there's not many cave games on it. Yeah. So this, this, does the cave games run all right? Like Dead oh, Unpatchy okay. run, runs all right. So that's vertical weird. as well, isn't it? Yeah, some of them are just. 
pants really bad. Yeah, like, that's the Juno problem with Fir- these Juno things. First is terrible. That's the so, problem with these these Far Eastern because basically it's a knockoff, isn't it? Yeah. They're, none of these games are licensed. They're, they're basically illegal, really. Sort of grey market kind of thing. But what what the problem I have with these things is there's never really any quality control. Mm. They haven't been tested properly by people like us to say, no, you need to tweak this, you need to make that better. They just knock them out in their thousands and sell them for 50 quid or whatever they are. How much was it? It was 100 quid delivered. Oh, really? It's quite expensive. Yeah, yeah it's like top of the range. I think it was 84 quid and 16 quid postage. Okay. I remember you said, oh, it, it'll, it said a month delivery, but you said they normally come quicker and it was AliExpress. And yeah, if you get single items, they're quite quick, yeah. Is there into Yeah, but so if you want horizontal like you want to play the simpsons or turtles or loads and loads of fighters yeah. loads of fighters like king of fighters you got 12 Tekken. versions of it and stuff oh, I? more than that king of fighters 98 there's 10 versions king of oh, fighters God. That. So there's loads and loads of fight- it'd be perfect but just not for me because i like my vertical shooters the thing is with those it also happens on um multi-carts for like snes and ness there's there's thousands of them out there there's thousands of famiclone cartridges and what you usually get is five or six hacks of the same game and they just do it Mm. to make it you know a thousand in one game and it's not really there's like you know 50 games on there or whatever and they just 10 of them are the same thing or graphical hacks or faster version or whatever mario 9 or something silly like that and that's exactly what these things do because i remember the um there's a multi-cart neo geo cart a yellow one and it's got all the fighting games on there. Lots of like the King of Fighters. I think '98 was the first one, up to like 2013 or something. And there's like mm. 20 of them. And if you're into that game, you're into the new versions. They are different, and you notice the differences. But to people like us who just have a quick fight on something, we wouldn't tell the difference. No, you yeah, know, it'd be nice if they had like say three King of Fighters and then. A last blade, and then you know some aggressors of dark combat. So it's different fighting games, but they just tend to put the same kind of thing on them over and over again. It's really tedious. Oh, I've written here. If there's five thousand one hundred games on it, yeah, two thousand one hundred a final burn alpha in Mame. So the other three thousand are like console stuff. I thought you were going to say two thousand of them were King of Fighters games. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of that. If yeah, it's it's a great pick up and play if you like your fighters and you want to get your mates around and that. It, It is really good. Yeah. some weird stuff like on the Mega Drive version there's no Thunder Force on it which you think it would have but it's got Sonic yeah you know classic shooters are not on there but it's wow. it's maybe just they just rammed a load of stuff on like you say yeah they just they just grabbed a, a mate they probably just grabbed some ROM packs from the internet and built them into mm. it I don't but like the look of the um, the menu system it's it's very similar to a lot of those modern xxx in one cartridge things aren't they they're very similar yeah if you search for a game like you search for 1942 yeah. it will come up with the main version and the and the nintendo Play choice and then yeah. famicom and blah 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 yeah, yeah and you can't see the difference a little tiny screen comes up even on the big cab the little screen comes up with what it is yeah and you can just see the insert coin at the bottom so i think all oh, right that's oh the right one. oh they, they think they've got to put arcade nes mega drive whatever yeah you can go into mm. you can go into the like the main section yeah but as soon as you come out and search it doesn't search the main section it searches everything right but apparently <laughs> there's too many flaws in it for me I, I was gonna 
we talked about this a little while ago because Lewis was saying, oh, they, they've really come along the Pandora's boxes because they're, they're well known for their, mm. you know, their cheap knockoffs and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, that, that might be a solution. Some, you know, um, immediate load, you know, arcade games. But if there's loads of arcade stuff and console stuff and mixes and lots of repeats, I'm not interested. But you, you did say that load, some of them you actually. can actually pick and choose what games you put on there, which would be quite good. But if they're using multiple versions of MAME, it's just going to get messy, isn't it? Mm. There is a favourites list, but I don't know how to Yeah, I'll just populate it. that and use that, probably. But yeah. For 100 quid, you can get a pie set for less than that. The pie yeah. itself and the J-Pack and the little bits and bobs you need is probably about that much money, and you can just make it how you want it. It's definitely worth keeping, I think, because there's, there's loads yeah. of good console games to play and stuff. But it's bizarre. It's quick and it's easy, though, isn't it? You just plug it in and that's it. Bizarrely, you've got like the Atari Lynx and the game, the original Game Boy, huge bits on your screen. Oh, right, yeah. And, and yeah, very weird. But. Yeah. Because I play the Mister on a PVM. And with Mister, when you play Game Boy and you know some of the smaller consoles, it actually puts it the right ratio in the screen. So you've got a tiny little screen. <laughs> on a 14 inch screen or whatever you're using it, it works really well it actually works really nicely like that because you don't want a massive screen to play again because the blocks would be huge mm. and it works really nicely so I've actually played quite a few Game Boy Advance games on the Mister and it's really good it works really well listener feedback let's do some feedback Christmas been on he says hi ten- 25 pence arcaders I figure that's close enough uh, adjusting for inflation since my last email hmm been a while since I sent any feedback, so I thought I'd stop by and talk some rubbish before making it with all the biscuits. I know in previous shows, Victor <laughs> has been keen for people to share projects they've worked on, so I thought I'd share my latest couple. As previously shared, I do have a three-quarter size two-player main cabinet based around a Raspberry Pi, which I used to play along with the Get Show games. First up, as a bit of a Street Fighter guy, I'm looking forward to the new game in June, and true to form that we needed a new stick for my Xbox. I bought the Hori Fighting Stick Alpha and happily swapped in my preferred Samoa buttons. The Hayabusa ones it came with were fine, but I'm a creature of habit and these are what are in all my fighting game setups. The art is wrapping paper left over for my birthday. It's temporary till my Street Fighter design comes in, but it's heard it's good to recycle. It is. Uh, as long that, as you that, covered it in Perspex, you can put anything under it, couldn't you? He, puts, he showed me a picture of it and it's boobies. <gasps> Uh-oh. It's various boobies. That's wrong. That's naughty. It's just temporary. Temporary boobies. <laughs> That's what he's getting. He's getting a tut. The more interesting product, though, also including repurposing the above buttons, is an old joystick box I originally used as a plug-and-play RetroPie device. It's a sort of three-in-one setup, so not the most visually appealing, but very functional. It includes a four-way stick, so as I've got ready for Pac-Man or 10-piece scores games that need it. I've been let down a few times in recent months by trying to make do with the eight ways on my cabinet it's not easy to get to my panel to change the gate between games that is a thing actually get mm. into the the panel the gate underneath the panel to swap it from four to eight way the only thing you can really do that with is a servo stick spin it and a few fire buttons for tempest and arcanoid clones and my favorite side buttons for pinball this is to tide me over until i can produce some sort of visual per, a virtual pinball table but that require me to move house in the meantime using this with a vertical screen on my pc is great fun I'm really pleased with the result, as it was good fun to do. Attached are a few pics of the two projects, and they're quite good. Keep up the good work, guys. Hopefully to see at least one of you at NERG. This is from Chris K. June, the minimum power down guy. Mmm. 
uh, sorry, Matt Neo MK. Morning, Vic. Hope you are well. I've just listened to the latest podcast and it was entertaining as always. Your story about Vardek Cadet Cab was fascinating. Hope this works out in the end and I would love to see some pictures. There is a very little, if anything, on the web about these cabs, but I might have seen one at the last revival event with coincidentally Mr. Do running. Oh, maybe, so? maybe it was that one then. I remember mm. playing. I remember playing Terracrest. It might have been Slapfire, but I think it was Terracrest at Revival. And saying to Craig, sell me that machine. I really like it. And he said, no, no, I'll make you one. I said, no, I want that one. So he wouldn't sell me it. So I presume it was that one, but I don't know. It might have been that. But I will mm. be putting some before and after pictures on the website for people to look at my Vardak Kadat anyway. Elizabeth, when the discussion last took place on ports and sequels for this month's game, I did some digging on Soulcrester as ah. it passed me by. And he says he's found a version for PC and gave it a test last night. It's not as bad at all. And it's an update on Terracrest. It's a bit bullet hellish. It, bullet hellish. So it looks right up my street. I downloaded a demo version on the Switch. And it is mm. quite good. It actually it starts off, you know, the swirly eyelash aliens on the original version of um, Mooncrester. It yeah. starts off with some of them. And it goes a bit bully hell after afterwards, but it, it plays quite nicely. I like I like the look of it. I might actually buy it on the. I think it's quite expensive for a a retro. I mean, it's about eighteen quid on the Switch. I'll, I'll wait until it comes really. down in price. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And he's also been looking at Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, Ooh. which he says is really good. Yeah, I'll have to so look into that. That sounds good, actually. Soulcrester weirdly detected my D input pad my D input joypad, but the up and down control via the menus was inverted. The game Ooh. controlled perfectly though. With ghouls and ghosts you need an X input style controller. I remember this vaguely from my, my yeah. Windows days. <laughs> I used D input and had to mess around with Joy Joy to Key yeah, Joy to Key, I remember that as well. To allow me to use the joystick. It was a pain in the bum, but it worked in the end. All the best. Keep up the usual biscuit munching standard. Thanks Matt. I've got Joy to Key on that PC behind me. I was trying to shut down earlier. I shut mm. down the, my my Windows, the only Windows computer I've got. I shut it down earlier because it, you can hear the fans on it when I'm doing a podcast. And it wouldn't shut down because Joy to Key didn't want to stop. It was like, no, I want to keep going. And it wouldn't down download Except itself. It was. Yeah, that's the problem. But Joy to Key is really good for those those things. Retro Russ has been on. Hi, Victor. Thanks for the mention on the podcast. He appreciates it. It was great meeting you and Ale- you at Alex's a few weeks ago and appreciate the advice on joystick building. Just wanted to send you a full-size biscuit marquee I made. Hopefully this is big resolution so it'll stay crisp and sharp even when making it full-size. If you ever wanted to get a full-size marquee printed out of it, I am working on that. That's the biscuit time instead of burger time, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's really good. He sent me a, a full high-res um, file of it. I'm going to be sending that off to get printed, and I'll make some light boxes for us. Oh. It needs to be done. It's a really cool picture. Really enjoy that one. Right, Richard Broadhurst. He's been Go- on. Google Podcast seems to have skipped the previous episode, so sorry being late with my anecdotes. I played a video game where you got put... He does, he's the BBC guy, isn't he? He is. Yes. I played a video game where you got pointy things poked out to, poked out at you from below on a can that used to be on a cab that used to be on the pavement outside the newsagent bucket and spade shop in, in t- Tynemouth. Is that Tynemouth? Tynemouth. Yeah. As they say, Tynemouth. When I was a kid. Next time. 
next time I was there, I think it had been swapped for a Tempest. Mm. There was a Mooncrestor in a cafe at my uncle's, but I never liked the way the drunkenly lurched around buddies. Hearing you say there was slowdown on one of the bootlegs made me wonder if I should give another try. Now, Alex at the Arcade Archive, you've got a Mooncrest. Mm. No A on the end of it. Mooncrest. And that's a bootleg version in there. And that was playing with slowdown on it. I don't know if it was playing on hardware that wasn't quite fast enough to run it. It's only Galaxian hardware, but it was was quite amusing watching it slow down on that game. (laughs) Uh, This is from Dig Dug. Uh, Hi, Victor. Just listen to the latest stupendous pod. I think the multiplier for docking is based on which ship you use. This is from Mooncruster. I wondered the same thing as as you, and it does seem to ship one is 100 times and ship two is 200 times it means you get more points if you lose the crappy first ship early in the game you also mentioned the inverted and upside downy monitor might have been meant for cabs that are projected onto a mirror maybe i don't know i'm not sure because you can you can swap the yoke wires you've got to make sure you do it the right way and that will invert the monitor so i'm not sure why someone might have done that but we're done now anyway we sorted it Friendly shout-outs. Uh, Matt Neo MK for his recommendations for Soul Cresta and Ghouls and Ghost Res- Resurrection. They are Windows only, so I can't play them on my Linux thing. Oh, they if they're on them. Steam, they do sometimes do Linux and Mac OS versions of their games. Yeah, there is a load, and there's a like a wrapper, I think it's called, like, called Proton, okay. which which Linux will attempt to run Windows games in a kind of a wrapper. And then there's a website that tells you how successful they are. Some of them are great, some of them are crap. Because I think but, that's how Steam Decks work, you know, because Steam Decks are Linux, and they can play Windows games perfectly fine. Mm. I know people have got them. They say they're really good. They just work out the box. Mm. Must be doing some some Windows thing with it. You think? Uh, John Porchy messaged me, he says... Uh, shout out to John. He says, have, have you got that biscuit review file? Biscuit review, biscuit review. Have you got that? He says, my, about my, you, biscuit review. My, my daughter laughs and she loves it. So he's, put, he's secretly put it as her, as her ringtone <laughs> on her phone. <laughs> so next time it rings, this is a while ago, it will say that it will come up with that. Cool. Nice one. But I've got a shout out. Thank you, Phil Murray, for the rather excellent new Space Invaders multi and the update to the code as well. Brilliant. I need to thank uh, Flynn's Arcade and Hiulit. I think that's how you pronounce it. The, the publisher and the developer Hiulit for the Murtop switch code that they sent me. Um, and that'll be in the next section. I'll do a little review on that. My final shout out is Alex Arcade Archive for making us our very own 10p sticky on UK back, Ooh, which cool. means the 10p podcast comes at the top of the meeting and events. But it's all sticky. Section, you section of the forum. It's up oh. there at the top. Thanks, Alex. It's like you with your biscuit fingers all over it. Sticky. We've made it cool. Uh, hopefully, Alex will be. I think he's just got hold of a Shaolin's Road Stroke Kicker PCB at the arcade. Oh, what a archive. great game! What a good game! And I think he's going to put it in one of the jammer cabs. And hopefully, we'll have a challenge. Uh, if we've got a challenge on that, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the challenge. Mm. Win that challenge. <laughs> uh, right, that's Go about on. it. This one is a new indie-developed arcade game. We don't make a habit of doing this, but this game deserves it. You've written this a small novel here. 
This is Murtop, M-U-R-T-O-P. Uh, it's been published by Flynn's Arcade, developed by someone called Hyulit. Flynn's Arcade also did Eternum, uh, a modern take on Baluba Luke no Denzetsu, which we are massive fans of. Oh, yeah. I bought that on Steam a while back. It's not often I buy modern games. I did. It's very good, by the way. They also released Donut Dodo, an absolute favourite of mine, which I bought on Steam and on Switch. It's that good. So Flynn's Arcade are ones to watch for publishing these older style games. Now, I was put onto this game by Mark Happy Dude, and seeing as I don't use my Switch that much, I decided to hop on after he told me, uh, get it, hop on, rabbit, all that lot, mm, uh, and buy it as it looked <laughs> right up my alley. Also, the new Zelda will be out very soon, and WAF has already pre-ordered it, and I won't be seeing much of her or the Switch for the next few months. In fact, my wife has actually left me. She is in Hyrule right now. Oh. I think she's being chased by a Hinox at the moment. What's, yeah. it, what's this one called? Tears of the Kingdom? Tears of the it? Kingdom. It's, yeah. I have got absolutely no intention of playing it because it takes too long, but I enjoy watching her play it. It's very good. Mm-hmm. So, problem is with this game, it was the 8th of May when he put me onto this, and the game wasn't out until the 18th of May. So I was like, oh, no. So I sent Flynn's Arcade, the publisher, a nice message asking if I could review their game on here, and they kindly sent me a free pre-copy via a Switch Online voucher. So, full disclaimer, I got this game on the Switch for free. All right. They didn't mention anything about my upcoming review apart from to not release any opinions until after the 10th of May. So I didn't say anything about it on uh, social media or whatever. But people have done since then because it's obviously the, what day is it, the 22nd today. It's been out for four days now and it's universally liked. Any road. The game is a rabbit-themed vertical sort of maze game. Hell, I'm just going to come right out and say it early doors. It's Dig Dug and Bomberman, they got together, made a rabbit-shaped offspring between them. I don't know how they did it, but they did. Mm. You play the game just like Dig Dug. You dig tunnels and squashing baddies with rocks, but instead of pumping them to death with an air pump, you poop out bombs and remove them bomberman styling. There's no polite way to say that, but the bombs do appear behind our rabbit protagonist. Uncle so make Pim. sure you're pointing in the opposite direction when you want to drop a bomb, and then move out of the way quickly. The bomb blasts follow dug pathways horizontally and vertically, wiping out everything in its path. Of course, many baddies can be blown up in multiple scores. Carrots can also be collected for points and part of an end-level multiplier bonus too. You have but one minute to complete each level, so do not hang about. Talking of time, you can get 5,000-point bonuses for completing any level in under 15 seconds. After you pooped out a bomb, you have to wait a few seconds after the explosion before another magically appears in your arsenal. <laughs> I said, you like it. There are a few different antagonists in the game. Some of the bad guys will chase you when they see you. So if you get too close, they'll chase you. Others will fire a projectile at you when they notice you. And there's a particularly evil mole with rolling boulders. Some of them chase you, while others don't deviate from their merry path. So you have to time your bomb release to get them. You get extra lives every 30,000 points. I've noticed that the levels ramp up in difficulty every five levels. So it starts off easy, it gets to level five. And then it's the mole level, but then you reverse back. You revert back to level six uh, on the sixth level, back to level one difficulty again. So level five, ten, fifteen, twenty, etc., being the most difficult before reverting back to easy levels in each multiple of five. 
This gives you a noticeable challenge and then a much needed breather after you've got over the fifth hump level. After the tough five levels, you are treated to a timed bonus level with carrots and rocks falling from the sky. I think you can guess what you could do here. As per usual in these modern console retro games, they have a bunch of options to give you an old school feel to the game. These include a credit button to add virtual credits, a continue feature, many video modes like Tarte and scan lines. Thankfully, the game is true 3 4 vertical resolution with black sidebars or a choice of two pretty background graphics acting like an arcade screen bezel for your TV. The tape mode on a large flat screen TV looks impressive. But you just got to, you can't really turn your telly around. That's a problem. There is a high score leaderboard. Hopefully this will be online, but I don't think it is actually. I think it's just it's just a local one, so you can see who's who in the underground world of rabbit explosions. All of mine have just got VAC on there, which is my name in the arcade. So good point to this game. It's got really nice cartoony style graphics and catchy eight bit tunes. It plays like an amalgamation of Dig Dug and Bomberman. The protagonist is a girl wabbit. Who doesn't have a cartoon cutesy rabbit with bombs? <laughs> it's challenging with a good difficulty curve, which sort of resets after every fifth level to give you a well-earned rest. The game was £4.99, and I think when it was released, they'd given a, a further 20% off. It was only four quid, something like that. So it's available on Steam for Windows PCs and itch.io for PC, Linux, and Apple. Also on Nintendo Switch. Apparently, the PC versions use MAME standard keyboard controls... So setting it up in a cab should be easily to implement. Now, this is going in my Vartec Cadet when I get it. I have to get some sort of MAME set up in there or some sort of Windows set up because it uses, like, five to put coins in, one to one player start, control alt, that sort of thing. So the oh, same right. MAME set up. It's got nice video mode to enhance the arcade feel of the game. Uh, it wouldn't look out of place as a rabbit-based follow-up to Dig Dug in the 90s, maybe. This would have mm. worked as an official follow-up if it was Dig Dug theme. It really would. It would look very cool in an arcade cab. And the actual owner put it in to, to show off at shows. It looks really cool. And it plays nice. just like a mid-80s arcade game. It really does. Bad points. <laughs> They're not really. If you're more of a Dig Dug player than a Bomberman player like me, I'm not that keen on Bomberman, but I love Dig Dug, you'll find it a little bit more difficult to get the hang of the play mechanics, but you'll get it pretty quick after stupidly blowing yourself up a few times. That bastard mole who drops a lethal boulders on every fifth level, why I order the short-sighted little turd. That mole really annoys you. You can't kill him. He lobs his boulders down and they get you. Oh. <laughs> the continue option cannot be removed in the game options at the moment, but I've been told that the developer has altered this and will be implemented in the next build release, hopefully before the official commercial release is out. I don't know. I haven't played it since, actually, so since the update. You can, of course, hold the action button down, and the timer counts down really quick, so it's not really a deal-breaker of a problem anyway. At the moment, there's no difficulty or extra life settings, so you, even though there are extra lives to be had in the game... You can't put them at like 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, whatever, and there's no difficulty setting. It's just one difficulty setting. That's it. Um, right. The timer is not reset after losing a life. And if you run out of time on any level, game over, man. Game over. It's just like when the Space Invaders land. How many lives you got left? You're dead. That's it. If your time runs out, game over. Don't matter how many lives you got. This would be better, I think, if that was part of a difficulty setting. Like, medium wouldn't have that, but hard would have it. Because mm. 
if you if you run out of time, I think you should just lose a life. Really, it'd be fairer to lose life, but because it's an old school arcade game, there's got to be a bit of difficulty in there. So that's probably why they put it in. So there's not many bad points. There really isn't. They're pathetic. Last thoughts. As a massive Dig Dug fan, remember I'm a, I'm a half million point player on Dig Dug, and I do have my own original Euro Dig Dug cabinet. And also, not a Bomberman fan at all. I do not like Bomberman games. I hate them. I really like the crossover in this gameplay. I picked up fairly quickly after reminding myself not to play like Dig Dug. Now, these games coming out in this day and age are a breath of fresh air to us arcade game lovers. They really are. This game, just like Donut Dodo, Annalyn, and all the Locomolito games, they deserve to do fantastically. I hope Hyulet ends up a millionaire for this game. Probably not, but does they deserve to? They really do. Hopefully this will get released on the Microsoft and Sony platforms as well, because everyone deserves to get to play Murtop. That's it. I wonder it. where the name comes from. I'm not sure. It's some I think the the character's called Murty. And you're getting carrot tops? I don't know. It's it's a really nice game. I really mm. enjoy it. I really love it. I've actually got I bought when when Donkey Kong was released on the Switch, the arcade version, ages ago, I went out and bought an arcade style stick, like a fight stick, you know, sort of joystick and eight buttons kind of thing for just donkey kong and i never really used it i dragged it the other day dusted it off took the bottom off and you can actually swap it from eight to four way so i've stuck right. it on four way and it's just for playing this game and donut dodo now it's all i use it on the switch for oh, nice. oh, absolutely honestly for five quid do yourself a favor and get it it's so good so good talking of modern games or modern ish games Welcome to the Pico Welcome. 8 Arcade Debate. Do you like that? The Pico 8. I see so what you did there. It's arcade games that have been remade on the Pico 8. And there are many. And I put Moon Patrol, but I didn't Ooh, play it. You've chosen because, Moon Patrol. Because mm. I played this one that you picked, which is Berserk. Yeah, we'll do Moon Patrol another day then. Yeah, I could do it next time. Yeah. It did, it did look really good, but I put this on, and then I found out just by plugging a, a controller, an Xbox controller, into my laptop, it yeah. works straight away. Yeah. Yeah, mine does. I, I play it on... I play it on the Mac. I've got a Hori stick on the Mac. I've got a joystick on the PC. I've got my little my, uh, little Pico 8 setup that I made. works perfectly. It just works lovely. Just Everything just works. That's the good thing about a Pico 8. It just works. It's great. Love it. So the Pico 8 for Berserk is, a, they call them carts. The programs that run the code are called carts. They're not actually carts. But I think when you download them, they're a bitmap picture, BMP. But in the metadata, something like that, in the metadata, the actual program to run on Pico 8. So you have, a, you have little pictures, and that's what the, the virtual cart is. And this is by someone called Paul Hammond. As Pico 8 is limited to a square-oriented screen, 128 by 128 pixels, the play area on this seems to be a bit claustrophobic, folks. Just a little square area. And because your graphics are so big and chunky, it seems quite claustrophobic at first, compared to the usual 4.3 of Arcade Berserk. So this version of Berserk is also quicker, and the sprites are larger, so it's much easier to run into bad stuff like robots, laser fire, and electrified walls. Ow. There was also a new twist to the game in the form of a new control. You can, there's two buttons on Pico 8, a joystick and two buttons. If you press one button, 
it's exactly like the arcade version of Berserk. You stand still and you point where you want to fire, and it, you won't move. You just fire in the you know the mm. eight directions. But if you press the other button, you can run and fire at the same time. Now, this is quite good, but because it's quite it's got quicker than the arcade version because the the player is a lot smaller. If you do that, you will run into things lots. So I tend not to do that, but it is a good twist on the original game, which I quite is like. It, is it smaller though? Is it yeah, sm- it's le- way is that, smaller, way smaller than less, arcade. Yeah, less walls and stuff. And- yeah, because the graphics are bigger and the the size of the screen is smaller. Everything it works pretty well still. It works really well, hmm. but it is a lot more claustrophobic. So you've got to be a bit careful when you run because because he runs faster as well. Yeah, it's I a much quicker game, Berserk. Because Berserk is quite a slow, plodding game until you get away. If you're playing fast bullets, it gets really fast later on. But this is pretty good. So it it, it runs like the original. You press one button, it's exactly like the arcade. The original works like the arcade. If you press the other one, you can run around shooting. It's a lot of fun. But the game also has nice robot speech in different weird levels, so it sounds quite creepy. This is such. This is a must on such an iconic sounding game because in the arcade, the thing that drew this that that set this apart from other games at the time was the robot speech, coin yeah, detected in part kind of and all that sort speech. of stuff. It's kind of a speech API for the Pico Eight, isn't there? People yeah, it's really good as well. It works really nicely. I think there's only a couple of sentences, but I think they're they're running. You know, could run out of the memory. It's only thirty two k in it. Is yeah, you're it not, there's not a lot of because because the Pico Eight is quite limited. Yeah, there's not a lot in there. But this game also um, to add on to the, the basic gameplay elements of Berserk is it's got some nice music at the start. It's got some well-written brief instructions before play. Uh, the game is buttery smooth. It's really smooth. and works mm. really well with the chunky, funky limitations of the Pico 8. The addition of the running and firing, difficult to get used to, but the thing is you don't have to. You just use the button. Play it like regular Berserk. If you're so used to Berserk like I am, play it like regular Berserk. Paul Hammond has done a stellar job with this one. And you, sir, reminded me on your comments of something else. You want to go into that? Yeah, I got this running on an Xbox-style controller. It is a really good game. It's very yep. addictive, but I did find some power-ups. I forgot about the power-ups. I was only playing it the other day, and I think the power-ups start about the fourth or fifth screen. Yeah, there's a... Because you a, don't a, get them in the original arcade game. There's a one-up, there's yep. a bouncy round fire, and there's also an eight-way firing. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's more. I didn't get that far oh, right. into it. Okay. But, yeah. I'm going to play it a bit more. Do you know what I would really like to see? Is someone who knows how to program... I've got a feeling Berserk is a Z80. It might be a 6809 processor. But someone who knows how to program that assembler and take these gameplay elements and put them into the original game. So if you could run around and shoot at the same time and the power-ups, that would be really good on an original system. Take these elements and put them in original Berserk, but that's because I'm a massive fan of the original Berserk, and I just want mm-hmm. another Berserk to play. I want Berserk 2, and this could be it. Because the little additions in this version... Played, played Frenzy is quite a different game. It is quite mm. a different game, but Berserk 2, would be. I'd, I'd really like to see that. 
thank you very much, Paul Hammond, for making this game. It's absolutely brilliant. I hope it's, you will do good. Um, Frenzy as well. Because you've got the basic code there, but Frenzy's got quite a lot more extra in it, hasn't it? Maybe you, you, you're limited by the uh, the Pico 8 mm-hmm. limitation. I don't know. But it'd be nice to see a Frenzy down there as well. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yet again, the Pico 8 surprises me, surprises me with how good it is. It really is. Well, you'll be surprised next time when we both do Moon Patrol, because I'll play it as well. Now, in the arcade, I was a big Moon, Moon Patrol fan. I used to play it when I was a kid. And then when we did it as the one of the challenges, you really loved it, and I I, mm. I really went backwards. I didn't like it again. I've had a I've got this Moon Patrol on my Pico Eight. I haven't played a lot of it, but I'm going to have a go of it because I, I do like the game, but mm. I'm just not very good at it. But yeah, we'll go into that one next time. But this one, massive seventeen thumbs up. I've only got two <laughs> thumbs as well. Yeah, really brilliant. enjoyed it. Very well done, Mister uh, Hammond. Yes. Arcade Master Quiz. Uh-oh. Now, this quiz is really good. you like this one. Now, we're making the quizzes a little bit easier because I don't want them to make them insane because I just did that for a laugh just to see Mr. Holly looking confused. These ones are quite good. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got 10 questions and a few bonuses lobbed in there. Let me just get my... Okay. I've actually got a piece of paper with information on it to check one of the answers. Good God. Look at this. Wobbly paper, paper. stuff. I'm going to use that same paper to write down your score. Let me grab a pen. I'm reaching. I can't. I can't reach my special four-way biro. You know the one with red, green, blue, and black in it. I'm not oh, special. I got one of them. I got a luminous yellow one. Right to do your scores. Do. So, sir, question one. What is Mandinka a bootleg of? Mandinka. It's a popular game from the early 80s. If you need a clue, I can give you one. Mandinka. Dig Duck. Do you want a clue? Yeah. It was a Konami game. Early 80s. Mm-hmm. Mandinka. What does that sound like? What, what would you think a bootleg of Mandinka would be? Mandinka. Yeah. Mandinka. Mandinka. I don't know. It's a bootleg of Amidar. Mm. Question two. Mandinka? No, how do you get Amidar from that? God knows. This is an easy one. Question two. What is car action a bootleg of? Car action. Rally X or something like that. You like this game. Eyes? No. What? <laughs> Bump and jump. Is it? Yes. I oh. thought you'd have got that one. Question three. What kind of a game is Calypso? Not Calypso, that's an ice lolly. Calypso. Is it a platformer? Nope. Well, there's platforms in it, but I'm not going to give you that. What would you do in Calypso? Dance. Mm, not quite. It's a diving game. You're a little scuba diver. You've got to dive down and get the treasure. You've sort of got platforms doing There's fish chasing you around the place, piranhas and stuff. So what's that got to do with Calypso? I don't know. That's what it's called. It's a common game. It's a stern game, I think. 
So you got naught out of three so far. God. This is an easy one. This is a really easy one, right? We've played this game before, and you know, we've covered it on the podcast. What weird weapon, WWW, do you use in Armoured Car? What weapon do you use in Armoured Car? Is it cones? I'll give you that. It's sawhorses. That's it, yeah. It's like, they're like little barriers you chuck out. But they actually That's says it. on the game, they're sawhorses, the thing you put wood on to saw. God, I can hardly remember that game. I really like that game. It's pretty good. I played it earlier. Question five. This is one of two. Oh, sorry, no. What is the weapon, get one or two of these right, on Bagman? What weapons have you got at your disposal on Bagman? An axe. Yeah, I'll give you that. Pickaxe. Pickaxe, yeah. There's another one. There's something else you can use as a weapon. What is it? Is it something to do with the money? Yes, it's the money bags. You can lo- you can drop them down um, the ladders and get the baddies. That's Here's it. a bonus question. What is the extra added weapon on Super Bagman? The slight follow-up to it. Ooh, I don't know. Levitating cheese. No, it's a gun. You can actually really? shoot one of the guys. Yeah, you can get a pistol in it. I think we should have played Super Bagman. It's supposed to be a more balanced game, you know, than the one we I played. hope so, because Bagman's dead hard. Mm. Right, name any bootleg space invaders. Space attack. No, that's not one. Funnily enough, it actually is. Another point for Biddy. Oh, come on, you must have a bootleg it's space invaders. Super Invaders, Invaders. Yes. I'll give you one for that. You could have had The Invaders from Zachariah. The Invaders, Invaders yeah. Revenge. Jatra Spectre. There's loads of them. We did a whole a, podcast on it. That's not a bootleg, though, is it? Yeah. They're diff- yeah, it's done mm. on the hardware. I'll give you two for that anyway. Do you know, I found, I think I found someone like 50 versions when we did it. Oh, there's loads. There's tons yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, what poisons the mushrooms on centipede? What creature poisons the mushrooms on centipede? Spider. No. What goes across the screen? Scorpion. Yes. I shouldn't have given you that one. Go. I'm, I'm generous. More generous, balanced quiz this time. <laughs> For a bonus point, what is the enemy that drops down the screen depositing more mushrooms? What is it? That thing that. Boo, flee. Boo, flee, correct. Not, not the bassist from that band. He's called Flea. Is he? Yeah. Uh, question eight. What kind of game is Devil Fish? Devil Fish. It's a horizontally scrolling... Devil kind, Fish. Kind of a thing, a bit like... You can scroll left and right, can't you? Shoot left and right. Is no. that the one? No. It's a maze it's a, game. I'm thinking of Funky Fish, aren't I? You're thinking of Funky Fish. Devil Fish is a maze game. All yeah, right. it's Pac-Man hardware. Uh, more devil themes. What kind of game is Devil Zone? Devil Zone. <laughs> I like saying it like that. It's, yeah, it's uh, is it Devil a bit Zone. Like... Universal game. Oh, not very good. Is it a shooter? Devil Zone. <laughs> it is. Do you know what kind of shooter? What Vertical. kind of game it's like? It is. Uh, Galaxian-ish, is it? Yeah, it's Galaxian-ish. Give you a point for that. <gasps> Last question, question 10. Name three 
deco cassette games. That's why I got my paper. I printed them all out. Three deco cassette games. If you get any more, I'll give you bonus points. Oh, God, there I'm blank on these. 48 to but choose Burger from. Time, Burger Time's one, isn't it? Ping. That yes. That's one of three. I can't think. I know that. Of, I know that I've seen you. I've met there's you. There's loads of them. There's loads. There's 48 of them. Rooting two in, is that one? Yep. We've actually played some of these on the podcast. We've played about three or four of them on the podcast. Think of uh, ones we played on the podcast. You don't remember it because it's quite a forgettable game, but I thought it's quite good. Any more? Any more? Oh, any more? Cassette games. Hang on. I'm trying to think of... Because we played the PCB versions, didn't we? Or did we wait for it to... Uh, I'm rooting too, and we played... There's only there's only that version. Some of them, they had PCB versions, some had cassette versions. God, why can't I remember any Deco games? Mm. Punchback? No, that's not nope. one, is it? No, that's, uh, that, is a, that is a different... It's a cartridge-based game. It's Century. Got two. Give you two points anyway. God, I'm well disappointed. There's loads. Shall I give you some? Go on. Treasure Island. We actually oh, did that yeah. on the podcast. Uh, Mission X, uh, Astro Fantasia, Super Astro Fighter, Lock and Chase. Lock and Chase. That was one. on cassette yeah. as well. Uh, Highway Chase, which is Mad Alien, which is a game you like, isn't it? Mad Alien. Is that the one that's like Space Invaders with cars? And you've got the headlights. Yeah. I think it's that one. It's all right. Bump and Jump. That was also a cassette system. Of course it was. Uh, what else we got? There's a lot of we haven't into. Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. Don't know, uh, is that right? Boulder is that Dash. The original Boulder, Boulder Dash is on there. That, was that not on Maxiflex? It was as well. That was an Atari 800 bootleg of it. But yeah, the original version of Boulder Dash. And there's also a, a Ryrim Boulder Dash as well. There's loads of games on it. A lot of them I've not really heard of. But the ones we play with Treasure Island and... Uh, Rootin' Tootin' or La Papa. It's a brilliant game, that is. Yeah, So, sir, out of all those points, you got five, six, seven, eight. You got nine. It's not bad. Out of about 15. Not bad for you, is it? So, this is just a nice quiz, that. Thank you. Not not mega hard. I thought you'd like that one. (gasps) What we got to do now? What are we doing now? What's next? Feature game review. Ooh. And this one, sir, is all on you. Yes. And I'm so glad I picked it, honestly. This is Super Hang-On, which is different for us. Sega ah, I fell off. A, a yoke-style handlebar, accelerates brake. That's all you've got. And Supercharge, which is mm-hmm. like a turbo boost. This is one of the Sega Super Scalar games. You know, like Outrun and Space Area and Enduro Race. It's one of them. It's yep. that, that era. Mm-hmm. A normal, normal hang-on. Two Motorola 68000, Xilog Z80 at 4 MHz, Yamaha YM2 Y251 sound chip, and it's a sequel to hang-on. And there's some really good tunes here, and it sounds like this. Right, implausible backstory. <laughs> I Uh-oh. started writing this, and, I, and I've just stopped. I'm glad you stopped. 
As in life, you're always racing towards something and never looking back. This epitomizes the action of Super Hang On. Super Susan Harper. And then I was going to write something else. And I haven't. I've just left it. Super Susan. That, that's enough. Just just remember Susan Super Harper as she was. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. I'll get AI to finish that off for me. Please uh, don't. How to play. It's a checkpoint-based race game in the style of Outrun, but with no forks. What about knives and spoons? No, no forks, no knives, no spoons. You get messy. It is. Dodge other bikes, skid round corners, get to the end before the time runs out. It's that simple, isn't it? Extra seconds are added at the beginning of each stage, the next stage, depending on how quickly you did the previous one. Mm-hmm. These are some things that are on the screen. Yeah. You've got your Pixels score. You've got, and that. You've got your, yeah, you've got your score, you've got your top score, you've got time remaining, which is never enough time as Super Susan Harper will tell you. You've got your speed, and you've got your stage progress indicator, which is like a Moon Patrol kind of line that goes across the screen uh-huh. from one to five, whatever it is. Right, first off, you've got to pick your race class. We did the beginner one. They're yep. so, so hard. Beginner one is six stages, which is called the African stage, which is the one we were playing. There's junior, which is 10 stages, senior 14, which is American, Junior's Asian and the expert, which is 18 stages European. It's a lot of stages, isn't it? Yeah, we did. The, there's lots of nice graphics. We did the beginner stage, and that's enough for us. Mm-hmm. Next, you pick your tune. This is one of these very rare games that I didn't switch the tune off and listen to dub techno. I God. played. I played the tunes. Good. There's really good tunes. The Se- Sega were well known for their for their tunes mm. on these these super scalar games. I mean. All the, the music is all excellent, synthesized um, MIDI music, is it? Would you call it MIDI music? Yeah, it could be. It's all could good be, stuff. Yeah. It all sounds brilliant. It's, it's some nice tunes, actually. Really good. Okay, there's no gears. You've just got a maximum bike speed of up to 280 kilometers an hour. That's quick. But once you hit that, you get an, an option of pressing the supercharger button. It gets you up to a 324 oh. mile per hour. That's quite quick. It is. If you're playing with an analog controller connected to your main setup, then sweet. But if not, I found these settings, which is a bit late now, but I'll put them on Twitter, not Twitch, on Twitter. Twitter. I found these perfectly playable on a standard arcade cab with a joystick and two buttons, which is what I did. Yeah. So you, you up the paddle digital speed and you up the auto center speed just a little bit. Yeah. And then you've got the pan, pad, pedal one analog increase is you accelerator mm-hmm. your pedal two analog increases your brake yes and then you've got your supercharger which is which i just add to the let's button two on my cab yeah and then brake is pulled backwards but you just don't need brake don't use it yeah so, so i add left right boost left right accelerate and boost yeah so that's how i played it and i really enjoyed it first thing i noticed about this game is the sheer sense of speed it's a really incredibly fast moving game very impressive yeah this these um pcbs had quite advanced uh graphical hardware in them for the super scalar mm-hmm. business part of it so i think they were quite ahead of their competitors at that time with, the, yeah. with these hardware things there's only two things to thwart your progress in the game crashing off the course on them twisty turny corners and being rammed by the other bikes the buggers 
The bike appearances seem to be randomised, thank God. So it's more of a challenge each game, yeah. making each game different. Tips and secrets. Tips and secrets. You want a secret? You want a tip? Here we are. Learn the tracks. No. Obviously. No, shiz, Sherlock. <laughs> Learn when to use your supercharger, which is usually on the straights and the less severe turns. Bikes. Pass other bikes quickly. If you sit alongside them and they're trying to creep past you, they will bump into you and knock you into the side of the road. Oof. So you've got to go buzzing past them. Yeah. You are awarded ex- extra seconds for how, past, how fast you complete the previous stage. So saving up those seconds for the very last twisty-turny stage, when you can't really go full throttle hardly at all, is essential. Oh, Completing yeah. the course gives you a million-point bonus for every second remaining on the clock. So if you had 1.6 seconds remaining, you get 1,600,000 points, for example. Yeah, daft so telephone it, number um, scores. So it's a big bonus for that. Graphics and sound, I think they're very well done. Nice, clean, colourful, colourful, varied for a racer if you look at all the tracks. Clutter-free, four awesome tunes from Japanese composers... Tobias Willenthrop. I may have made that one up. I think you oh, yeah. did. Or, or Koichi Namiki, Katsuro Hayashi, and Shigeru Awada. That sounds more like it. Yeah, not, not Tobias Willenthrop. I'm going to disagree with you on this. I thought you I, might have I don't like the graphics. I like the sound. The sounds are brilliant. There's no, no getting away from that. The sounds are brilliant. The graphics, to me... Obviously, they're very blocky because they're, they're superscalar graphics. But when you're playing the game, because it's so quickly, all you see in the background is a lump, which you know is a bike. Next thing you know, it's in your face. And you're just going left and right. So I don't like the graphics. I think they're, they're blocky too blocky at all. Oh, they're really blocky. Come on. No, they're not. Because they start out big blocks and they get better as they get towards you. That's how the superscalar works. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just don't like it. They're just lumps. Just a grey road and lumps and a few billboards. <laughs> it is. It is. That's all it no. is. So I think the graphics are bad. I don't like the graphics at all in the game. I think they're really good. Just, just blokes on bikes, innit? Yes, that's all they've got. Is you've got the bikes and the, the, the what's it's all right? The background. No. It's a yellow screen with some blue sky. That's all it is. Nah. Cabinet art. I like the plastic moulded upright, which you can play at one of the arcade clubs. It might be at Bury, and you can also play it at the arcade archive. I love the moulded cabinet. I think it looks fantastic. It looks a, it's a really nice cabinet. The one at arcade archive is a particularly nice example of it. It's really well looked after. That one, really mm. like it. And there's two other versions. There's a mini ride on, which you actually it's a, a full sized motorbike you sit on. Yeah, I've is that the one that's look- got the screen in the handlebars? Or is that hang on? I'm thinking of. That's the one. Yeah, the, yeah, the mini ride on. He's got the screen in the handlebars. Yeah, cool. And the and the upright, which you can. I've seen people actually standing on this platform and just moving it because yeah. it's going to be so quick. Yeah. So they're actually not leaning. They're actually got just like the thighs touching the bike, oh, and right. then just leaning because it's so quick. Yeah. So there you go. So the actual, back in the sort of, is it 87 this, sort of mid to late 80s? 87, yeah. Sega Sega hit upon this idea, because obviously a lot of games were coming out in the home versions by then, on whatever consoles were around. And they, they were making the games in the arcade more more unique to play by adding these special controls, handlebars, motorbikes, cars, 
uh, even stuff like enduro racing, you, you stand on a on a bike like a, a trials bike, and you actually pull back on the handlebars to do wheelies and stuff. So you couldn't do that at home with a joystick. And it was all sorts of stuff like that, you know, sitting cars for outrun and the, the sit on movable one for space harry and things like that. So it was a really good idea to make unique games that you couldn't play in the home, even though there were later versions of this in the home. They weren't as good because of the controls, I presume. Bit of trivia here. In Sonic Riders, a 2006 home video game, there's an unlockable gear called the Super Hang-On, which plays the song Outrider Crisis, the first of four songs featured in Super Hang-On. Very good songs. So, uh, Sega are quite good at like, using their other IPs in things, aren't they? I like how yes. they, they go back to things. That's like quite nice. So we're going to do the scores, are we? We're going to do some scores. At, at the bottom, we've got the youngest player ever on any video game, Dexter Happy Dude. I think he's about five or six months old. <laughs> he's been on again, has he? Brilliant. He got one point sixty thousand eight hundred twenty. His grandfather, Mark Happy Dude, says 10p score from Dexter. He struggles with the corners, bless him. So do I. Dexter's probably <laughs> just slightly less than me at this game. Uh, <laughs> do, have I put my score in yet? No. I will add it very low down the list, actually. J Ping Parber uh, gets one point. Uh, 1.896 million. One quick go. Rubbish without the bike. Pretend to be Barry Sheen. Next game, please. And Barry then, Sheen. before we go on to the next one, it's me. I got uh, 2.24 million. Didn't even get to the second stage, end of the second stage. I will give my opinions soon, Sean. <laughs> soon. That's the same 2,327,000. If we just do 2.3, remember? 2.32 yeah, yeah, yeah. million. Yeah, got so close. close to stage three a few times, but never quite made it. Handles well on Steam Deck with an analog stick. Enjoyed this as this is something different to the norm. Thank you, Basil the Sane. Chris K. June, uh, 2.35 million. That's who was uh, talking about his boobies. That was me talking about his. Dr. Goggles, 3.14 million. Majok, 3.21 million. Retro Rex, 3.41 million, sorry. Shep914, not heard of that player before. 3.57 million. New player. Zestora, 3.59 million. Mark Watno Gravy, 3.787 million. Adam Flint, 3.81 million. He's put, hopefully, this email sneaks before the five minute, uh, five minute, 5 p.m. deadline it today. It did, it did. Please find attached screen such attached screen at charter, which is on stage three, about a millimetre away from the checkpoint. Grr, grr. Uh, small Space Arcade, 4.36 million. Cheeky Blighter, 4.9 million. <laughs> Snarkade, 5.325 million. Pilbo, 5.48 million. Mr. Messi, 5.79 million. Super Hang On. Without the motorbike to sit on, this game loses 63% of its appeal. I tried using various controllers, but set up for a PS2 DualShock 2. Even so, I still find the controls very twitchy and fiddly to use. Plus, I kept falling off. Ooh. Mark Happy Dude, 5.97 million. It appears Sean Holly has, has picked a half-decent game, playable on a candy cap. No, he has not. <laughs> Salbug, 6.45 million. Pretty good balance of taking your money plus one more try fact, but overall, not much fun for me. Next. Oh, Zorro Jeremy Riley, 6.78 million. He always had a soft spot for Super Hang On in the 80s arcades and dropped a few credits in it back in the day. This 10p score is a rarity, a racing game. I'm topping out at stage five of beginner, but still enjoying it. Need to tune my analog stick to get any better. 
Old Man Steve, 6.885 million. This game is tight. Even if you're in the right place for the sharp corners and chicanes, there's a nasty bikey ready to barge you into a sign and fly my ass through in the air. I bloody hate nasty bikers. Oof. Mr. Berserker, doing very well, 6.91 million. Addictive as hell. I'm going to work the courses. The game for me has been the most enjoyable in 2023. You're listening. For the 10p score, I hadn't played it for over 20 years. Sega really were ahead of the game in curve by the time this was released. Yeah, I agree with that. Really? Really? <laughs> Mr. 20 to 5, 8.22 million. More enjoyable than I thought. Although battling the controls as much as the game itself. Ridiculously hard, easy level. Just couldn't finish it. Matt Nero and K, uh, 8.48 million. Surprised to find, look at it a lot. Surprised to find I really enjoyed this one. Using a standard digital stick and two buttons, I gave it a flipping good go, but couldn't quite reach the finishing line. So little room for error by the end. Well done if man, if you if you managed it, which I did. James Wisemids, 8.57 million. Stage 5 is proving my nemesis now. Shame that Mr. FPGA doesn't save high scores for this one, otherwise fantastic. You see? He is Jimmy. We're in the points now with two points. 9.9 million. Finally finished this ridiculously difficult so-called easy level with a whole 1.1 second to spare. This probably took four to five hours to achieve. And I will go to hell for the expletives used during this time. Give me the original hang on any day. I tried playing that. It feels so slow now playing that after playing this. He took four and five... He played this for four and five hours. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. Loads of it. Oof. Love it. Rygar, 10.4 million. New personal best and super hang on. That's the finish line in the distance. Just a bit more swearing. I'm looking at 10 million points. This is me. I'm in the points. Only four points. 11.27 million. I, I finished it with three seconds to go so I finished it with about eight million and you get three million to finish it well done you thanks Ross Ross <laughs> five points uh, 14.86 million sunk serious amounts of fives into this but equal amounts of F3s too five is putting coins in on main by the way uh, mm. F3 is reset uh, just as annoyed as I couldn't work out to to four three main anyway got aggressive and lucky how the heck anyone can finish the harder course is beyond me. Mm. Tagster's back. Hey, hey, Sean. He got six points with 14.9 million. Good reason to fire up the racing hero multi-cab. He's got a, he's got a full-size cab and he's got the must have a MAME in it or something. Yeah, you can play um, proper handlebar games in it, so that's probably what you do well. Aid Skyway 73, 17.535 million. My best effort so far so far no crashes but a couple of big bumps at the last stage definitely a bit easy using a ps4 controller but still a fun challenge in the third place with eight points swamp donkey 77 18.1 million used to love playing this along with outrun back in the day a sense of speed is still there it's still hard as nails though a yu suzuki classic cab you see johnny b uh, is second with 21.85 million points it's quite a jump Mm. And ZX Michael is first with 10 points with 26.7 million. Now, I looked at that and I thought, I don't think that's achievable. But I looked at Martin Bedard's score on Twin Galaxies and he got oh, 34 yeah. million. Really? And, th and then I put it I put it on my cab, took off the collision detection yeah. and just turboed all the way through and I got 38 million. Oh, right. So, so that, it is possible then. It is, yeah, you've got to really, really play well. Battle it through. 
So well done, ZX Michael. That's an amazing score. 26.7 million. Well done. 20, no, not 20 points. 10 points for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games had a bit of a series. The first one was Hang On, 85 in the arcade. Then Hang On 2, that was on the SG-1000 home console. And Hang On Junior in the arcade. Uh, Super Hang On, this one. Uh, limited Edition Hang On, 1991 in the arcade. I don't know what that involves. And then Hang On GP95, which was on the Saturn. Mm, there's loads of versions of it on the machines. Commodore 64, Spectrum, Amstrad, DOS, Amiga, ST, Macintosh, Genesis, Sharp, Wii, PlayStation 3. Changes or improvements? You go first, Vic. What would you do to change this awesome, awesome game? I just wouldn't bother. Honestly, so I'll never play it. I'll never play it. No. Okay, Carry on. I would, Honestly, I'll never play it, so I'm never going to bother improving it. I would make it easier. Even the beginner level is incredibly hard to beat. So, I, and I don't even need to say this, do I? Annoy or enjoy, Mr. Marland? Annoy. Annoy. Oh. I'm so annoyed I can't even say annoy. The thing is, right, when I was a kid, I was never into speed. I was never into racing cars. I was never into motorbikes. Uh, and as a young adult, I didn't learn to drive until I was 27. And that was only because I had a small, a young family and I had to get them about a bit. And even to this day, I don't really enjoy long drives. I don't mind driving places, but long drives get very bored. So I've never been the kid, the 13-year-old with the Lamborghini Countach on the wall. Mm. I've never been that person. I've never been into bikes. You know, when I was a kid, people used to go down the quarries on Portland with their motorbikes, messing around, doing jumps and stuff. I was always into BMXs because they were a lot less dangerous. I'm not sure it's the danger I don't like of being killed on a motorbike. I know lots of people, family members, friends who were killed on motorbikes, hurt, damaged, whatever. Nearly everyone I know who's a serious biker has had an accident of some sort on a motorbike. So I was never into bikes. I'm never into racing cars, never into fixing cars. I've never been into racing. I used to watch the Formula One quite a few years ago. But what the Formula One used to do is to get ready at lunchtime, because it's usually not lunchtime, get a pie and a pot noodle and some tea and that. And I used to, it used to send me to sleep. It was like a really nice, relaxing afternoon. <laughs> watch the start, where all the crashes happen, all the excitement. And it's... Fall asleep for the rest of the afternoon. It's brilliant. So I've never been into racing. And this game, to me, I might as well be playing a VIC-20 basic game where you just press left and right to dodge things going up a screen. That's all it is to me. It's left, right. That's it. Mm. Just put your finger on the, on the speed button or the accelerator or whatever, left, right. And because this game is quite fast and things come up on you really quickly, I just find it infuriating. Because if you, if you, get, if you get knocked off the bike or you go... Almost if you go on the, the side of the track where it slows you down, you are not going to make that checkpoint. So you might as well just restart the game. I mean, Ross Ross said in his comments, he pressed F3 so many times to restart. If you make one little mistake on this game, you will not make the checkpoint. I think on the early season, you might be able to make one little mistake, you know, go on the side of the track. But if you fall off, you will not make it. So I remember in the arcade... You can make the next checkpoint, but if you fall off, you can't finish the game, I don't think. No, Unless you've got massive points build up. Build I up. find that really, really unfair. It's not... It does take, obviously, skill to know where you're going and slow down at the right points and everything. But if you make one little mistake, you might as well just walk away from the machine. You're not going to do it. I remember when this game came out, 
you know, I thought I'd have a go of it. You know, it was quite exciting having the big handlebars and sitting on the bike or whatever. But the game was over in less than a minute. There's there's no value for money. If you're not very good at it, there's no value for money. If you're good at the game, like the 26 million point person, they can probably get through all the stages, listen to all the music, see all the different levels. It's worth it. But for me, I've never been interested in racing games, ever. Like even well, like on the PS2, when I think, what was it? What was the big PS2 racing game? Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo or... came out. Yeah. I was never never bothered by it. I just don't care. I just don't like any racing games. Motorbike, kart racing, cars, Formula One cars. I don't even like Mario Kart. The, the only one I've ever sort of enjoyed was Lego Racers on the PC, which is basically a Mario Kart ripoff because you can build I, I, your own cars and stuff but the thing is with those those cart games you can be winning the game to the very end and it's just someone throws something at you at the very end and you're just off the track and they'll win and I always thought that was unfair but these games it seems to be if you make, if you take one wheel off the track you're knackered you might as well start the game again I've never liked racing games ever I, I, I love the I like the skidding ones so I love OutRun yeah you're into the um, what's the Japanese one there's about five or six of them Initial D. Initial D's you like, don't that's, you? That's got a really nice feel. The, the Ridge Racers have got a really nice drifty feel. But I know that this has got kind of a drifty feel. I do like them. But I, I've got a very old laptop, and the only thing it's got on it is Colin McRae Rally 2. Yeah, that was the big PlayStation one, wasn't it? Yeah, the original oh, PlayStation. Know. Yeah, because I remember, I remember having it for my, my oldest son played it. He used to like those. Yeah. He used to like those games as well. And like maybe once a year, I fire it up because I love that game. And it, no, it's not I for me. Get it, I've never liked get it run on anything. I know Outrun. I mean, when we did our our top games, I think Outrun won overall because mm. everyone's got such nostalgia. But I have. I'm a weirdo. I've got <laughs> no nostalgia. I I just don't care about racing games. Honestly, I just do not care. You know, you see people buying these expensive wheels and, and seats and everything. I'm just like, why? Obviously, you know, <laughs> if you're the kind of person who's a thrill seeker and you get into a proper car and you go to a track day, it must be, it must be full of adrenaline, you know, actually racing a dangerous car on the track. I have got no, no interest in that whatsoever. None. Racing games, race, actual real racing, driving nothing does not appeal to me absolutely absolute zero heartbeats anywhere flatline everywhere for me that is for my 40th birthday waf got me a test drive a test drive day in a subaru impreza yeah and there's like a few of us and we'd go around the track and learn how to do like handbrakes around the corners of that and proper full subaru i'd be scared that i'd roll the car seriously i'd be i'd be absolutely i'd i'd, I'd get panicked by it honestly in a car that much power i've been in a, a fast subaru impreza oh my god they're frightening, they're and the frightening. Guy at the end i just says, that sort of thing does not appeal to me the guy at the end says do you do any any driving or anything because you're really good at taking the corners and that i said i play a lot of video games but i also i'm a cyclist yeah and uh, he says he says that's that's what where you get your balance from because you need you need to sort of sense the corners and that yeah sort of <laughs> lean into it but uh, yeah i love that but this as a game really annoys me because the game was over so quickly. And when I was, I, I, I did, I played one game. Well, that's not for me, I'm not playing it. I knew I was going to play it. I knew I was going to hate it. So when you said last month, I was like, oh God. But 
I did the pen fence thing. I, I tried to play a few. Right, I'm going to play this. I'm going to set all the settings like you said, and it made it a little better. But for me, it's just hold a button down, dodge left, right, try and go around a corner when it comes up. I mean, there there is actually one, and I'll do this on the last word actually. The last word for me, where we try and think of another game we play instead of this, or maybe after this, or whatever, is those isometric racing games, the top-down isometric, like um, Neo Drift Out and Galco... Uh, what is it? I just sent one to Alex. Galco Rally. World Rally. Yeah. Those kind of games are a bit more fun because you can see things coming up, whereas these games, they, they, I think the track really hits you fast. And you never mm. have time to react, or I don't anyway. So yeah, I just none, no arc, no racing games for me. The, these sort of so-called simulators, the super scalar simulators, and that, and then later on the Sega rallies and your Daytonas and that. Nothing. I would never play an arcade racing game. You'll never see me play a racing game. Seriously, <laughs> you'll never see me play it. Oh, I, I, I do like them. Nah. I do like them. Anyway, yeah, it's a massive, massive plus for me i know it's a negative for you absolutely just can't be bothered with it so i did did try i did try but you know when you sort of you're trying to get into a game to do a review and you know you want to sort of be positive about it try and do it when you sort of your game lasts less than a minute and it's like you know you don't even get an extra life or anything it's just your time's out gone go away that's my 10p gone i'm like why bother it's just (laughs) why (laughs) why though you can finish yeah. it in three and a half minutes or even less to finish finish the first level. Really? God, yeah. they really made their money on those things, didn't they? Yeah. And it, I bet they're expensive must... cabs to buy back then as well, back in the day with all those, you know, the, the handlebars and the mm. bikes and stuff and that. Hmm. Uh-oh. Next show's game. It's my pick. I've just seen this now. I was going to pick Lock and Chase. Oh, yeah. The amazing. But I forgot I wrote this in. This is quite a good one, and you'll like it. This is Dr. Topple's Adventure. I've had a quick look, yeah. It's by Taito. It looks like a Sega game. And the ROM is Dr. Topple, D-R-T-O-P-P-E-L. Three lives, difficulty on medium, extra lives at 30,000, 100,000, 200,000, and every 100,000 points after that. It's a vertical shooter. And when you well, play like this... a vertical shooter, me. Ah, so do I. Uh, you can submit your score to the podcast. Uh, only use arcade ROMs, please. Uh, if, I presume if you can get the ROM, the arcade ROM, on one of the consoles, if it's been released as a, a pack or something, you can play that. But I don't think it has. So on main or on a proper PCP, please. Put your scores into Twitter. It's hashtag 10 score. Uh, sidekick app in the 10 pence club section you can email the site vertvic at 10 pencearcade.co.uk the facebook as a comment uh, on uk vat we've got our own little section on there thank you alex and the deadline for score submissions is monday june the 19th 5 p.m uk time i will be on holiday in france then so mm. we will have to do the podcast another time maybe Oh, yeah. We'll have to look at that then. Anyway, we want the scores in by the 19th, please, so we can collate them. And before we go, Mm. I had last Sunday an interview with Mr. Phil Murphy from NERG. You did? I've listened to this. It's very good. Should we put it on? 
Yeah, so I, I asked him, because he's got Billy Mitchell and Walter Day coming to Nurg, mm-hmm. two of the biggest names, maybe two of the biggest names in the arcade scene. Mm-hmm. And he's got them, and they're coming to Nurg. And I spoke to him about it, and about also about Nurg and other things. So we'll put the little interview in here. And after you listen to that, we'll be gone. So thanks for listening, and see you next month. Thanks, kids. Goodbye. Okay, hello to Mr. Phil Murphy. How are you doing, sir? You all right? Hello, yes, all good. Just a little bit of background. Uh, I spoke to James RGP a long time ago. I met him. I was on Facebook looking through YouTube and I saw this YouTuber doing a video of arcade machines and I thought, I recognise that accent. And I thought, it's it's like a, a local accent. So I messaged him and it was James RGP. And, and he lived about a mile down the road. So I said, oh, can we meet up? He says, oh, no, I'm just going off to an, a Newcastle event. I'll, I'll meet you there. So what is it? It's called Nurg. So I went up to see James at Nurg. And that, and that was the very first one. So that's how I got up there. And I thought, God, this is brilliant. So I saw James what? and got introduced to all of his all of his cabs and stuff. What year was that? 2013. 29th that- of June, 2013. That, that was the very first Nurg. Yeah, yeah. So that was the very yeah. first one. I I didn't realise you lived so close to uh, to James as well. Yeah, it's just like a mile off, and I never knew he existed until we saw, I saw this mm. video of this guy with all his arcade machines. Anyway, Phil, what's your history? How did you create Nerg, and why? Why, mate? Oh wow! Um, uh, it it all came about when I when I went to play Expo in Blackpool back in twenty eleven, I believe it was, and. Uh, the follow-up event was in Manchester in 2012, and I was just blown away. And yeah, I, I just had such a buzz. What it was just like being back in an 80s arcade. It was fantastic, and it's just a shame you had to travel so far to get to one of these events. I thought I should do that in the northeast and have one um, around Newcastle, Gateshead. Uh, I live in County Durham, so it's, it's quite close by. Um, we found a venue at Gateshead and uh, Nurk was born and we started planning for 2013 ah brilliant so here we are now like to, is it it's got to be it's got to be the ninth one is it or maybe 10th one? Oh no there's a break for Covid weren't there so maybe yeah eight. so it is actually so it's, it's 2023 so it's 10 years uh, but it's the ninth event because we missed two right oh, because yeah. Covid unfortunately so, what have you got planned for this year, uh, cabs-wise and pinball-wise and all that sort of stuff? What have you got? Oh, I'm always desperately trying to get more and more pinball machines. I always aim for 50, but we've never hit that magic number. So, um, I've actually had um, some new people contact me uh, who are pinball collectors. So, I'm hoping to have over 50 machines. Now... Um, Everyone who's or people who've been to Nerg, they'll they'll know that uh, space is of a, a premium. Yeah. In, in the hall, so we may have to uh, overspill into the the reception area, and um, have a few machines in there as well because the stadium unfortunately doesn't have a, a restaurant anymore, and that used to be full of the table and chairs for people to dine, but um, they're all gone. So there's a huge open space there, and we can uh, take that over and hopefully have a, um, extra machines that we can put in there and um, hit the magic 50 for pinball machines. The arcade machines, um, again, it's, um, it's Play Expo and James 
who were doing those. There was one or two issues last year because obviously the machines have been in storage for yeah. two years. So we had a few niggles on the first day. We, um, there was 10 machines out of action, but the, the, the guys worked the socks off to get them up and running. So the, they weren't out of action for long. But we're going to be—they're going to be more prepared this year. Uh, there's a there's a couple of events before Nurg, so the uh, the, the nearest one to Nurg is uh, play Glasgow. Yeah, I, I saw that one in June. That's isn't in it? June, yeah. yeah. So I'm actually helping support that. I'm, I've got um, what I, what I call my show machines. I've got um, six or seven pinball machines that I take to other events around the country. Ah, oh, Vast if I could uh, take some pinball machines up to Glasgow, so I'll be taking them up there and I'll, I'll see the arcade machines uh, there firsthand, and uh, I'm sure they'll have them in good working order. Yeah, I think that last year, I think it's just unfortunate because of this, the not not much time to get them set up because you had you didn't have a lot, a lot of time in the hall to get set up, did you? But like you yeah. said, later on in the day and, and like Sunday, it was perfect. It was fine. I remember doing a walk around video and I couldn't see. I think I saw one that was off in the corner and everything else was brilliant. It was just great. Yeah. It's always been a mad rush at Nerg. Um, we start at seven o'clock on Friday morning and believe it or not, we'll have the arcade ready for Saturday morning. And <laughs> again, the guys work the socks off to do that, but mm. it's, it's starting. It, it's now shown that we, we do need a little bit more time to make sure the machines work and get them tested, that sort of thing. So this year we're starting on um, Thursday. We're going to start unloading the machines and getting them into the, the hall on Thursday. It's just too much. Yeah. It's a, a big event to get everything ready in one day. So that gives you two full days to do it, doesn't it, which should, should uh, do the trick? Well, it's a day and a half. Um, it's mm. going to be Thursday afternoon. Yeah. And then, then Friday, yeah. So the, the real reason we wanted to chat is the interviews you've got or, or the appearances you've got lined up with Mr. Billy Mitchell and Mr. Walter Day. <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. My 10 pence, for what it's worth, I think Walter's a lovely guy and he's so genuine and nice. I think Billy, I'm a bit conflicted. I, I think the King of Kong was yeah. a documentary and things were done to make that a great documentary. But yeah. I think following that, if you look on his Twitch stream and on anything he's done since, he's proved himself to be a player that could have got those scores or a player definitely capable of getting those scores that he did back in the day. Whether he did them or not, I don't know. But whether he can do them now, he definitely can. So so why why did you um, take the leap and, and get these two? Like the two biggest guys, really, in the <laughs> yeah. arcade world. This is the thing. Um, over the years, people have asked me to have guests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, again, as you know, the stadium it, we're limited with space. And I, th- I thought, well, where can I put guests? It's mm. I, I can't just squeeze them into a corner. So I, I didn't realise um, the stadium has a conference room upstairs. Right. So. I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of space in the in the hall so they can sit, um, have photos taken, sign autographs, etc., and they can do the the chat in the conference room upstairs. But for, for years, people have asked asked for guests, and I thought, well, may as well start at the top. I'm going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Why not? The, the biggest known names in the uh, in the gaming world, 
And I know there is a lot of controversy around Billy, whether he, whether those high scores are, are that have been submitted are real or not. He can play, and he has proved he can play. Yeah. He, he's in King of Kong. He's, he's painted as this uh, pantomime uh, villain, and yeah. I think he, he, he he's, he's kind of an actor. He he he, he has that role all the time. Mm, and yeah. um, a lot of stuff has come out, a lot of controversy about these high scores online. And you could see it, uh, he's been persecuted to a degree. There's yeah. some of the hatred online. And you think, hang on a minute, it, it, it's a video game high score. But it's vile, some of the abuse that you see online. And Billy doesn't really have an online presence, he doesn't do social media. He does the odd Twitch stream now and again, and on the very rare occasion, he's posted uh, a YouTube uh, video to defend himself uh, because of certain situations. So, uh, initially, I was unsure about bringing them over to the UK because I haven't uh, done a, an event in the UK since the early 2000s. And of course, all this controversy has come out since then. Yeah. So I went down to London to meet them last year in September. Uh, uh, they were flying over for the IABA show. Oh, yeah. The Excel Centre. So I went down and I spent four days with them. And uh, my mind was made up. I thought, yep, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll bring these guys to the northeast. They were up for it. Yeah. And uh, come to the northeast. <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, now, <clears throat> A good part of it is Walter's trading cards, and I've noticed there's loads more UK people being sort of decorated, not decorated, honoured with a card. I've got one from 2018, me and Vic have got one, for yeah. for services to podcasting journalism. I think they've got that wrong. But anyway, we've got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, so, so that's good. You're gonna there's, There'll be a load of people that are honoured, a load of UK people on, on Walter's cards, which I think is excellent. Yeah, there's um, there's a, a lot of new people being inducted, and they're going to have their own cards. And it, it's just a shame it hasn't happened sooner to have the, the cards presented to them in person by Walter Day. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I got a picture, but I'm definitely going to see Walter and and Billy and speak to them. And when are they are they coming up on the Friday maybe or Thursday or somewhere? No, it's Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, well. And um, regarding the the talks. Um, so Billy's going to do a talk, and then Walter's going to do the presentation. This is going to happen on the uh, the Saturday afternoon. Saturday now, PM, yeah. I, I've spoke to Billy about it. I said, "Are you prepared to answer questions? Because there's going to people will have a lot of questions to ask you, and some of them maybe neither knuckle quite brutal." And Billy said, "100, percent I'll answer." Any question? Oh, so brilliant. the talk is going to be really interesting. It's going to be really good, and unfortunately, it's limited to 150 people. That's uh, that's all I can get in that room, and it, it can be recorded. Billy said uh, people can record it. Yeah, but he doesn't want it live streamed. That's the only thing. Right. Fair he's, he's, he he'll have it recorded himself. When I was in London, he had a he had a film crew as well, recording all his conversations and things like that. Because sometimes when he does a, a chat or a talk, he's 
his wording's been used out of context. So he's a little bit paranoid about um, what's been posted online, etc. But like I say, he doesn't really have a social media presence to defend himself. Mm. So at this, in the talk, he's going to do um, a, a lot of uh, Q and A. Oh, that's which, understandable. Yeah, really. It's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good of him. So up on, so the talk is Saturday. That's upstairs, is it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then the rest of it is like the normal nerg. Have you still got the beers, the beer guys? Yes, uh, yeah. Flasher's Brewing. Yeah, the, um, they're working on um, the beer this year. That they've they've prepared the label, so um, I'm just waiting for the um, the artwork to be sent over so I can um, advertise it online. But yeah, uh, the bar's going to be there. The nerd oh, beer. excellent! But also uh, a little exclusive fear. Um, I'm sure that they'll be all right. They're talking about this four quarters. Oh yeah, there's a four quarters bar in Newcastle. Yeah, it just opened, didn't it? Yeah, so it looks like uh, we're going to have Billy there on the f- maybe the Friday evening, definitely the Saturday evening, performing um, either Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Oh, so um, yeah, there'll be a big uh, social night, uh, maybe Friday, definitely Saturday night, and uh, you can see Billy play. I'm, I'm hopefully, I think I am. I'm coming up with Tony from Arcade Club on the Friday, so we're going to travel up Friday sometime during the day, depending on both our schedules. But yeah, be, that'd be great to see him earlier on. Yeah, uh, perfect Pac Man takes roughly seven hours, so if that's going to happen, that'll be Friday. So um, I'll be taking Billy uh, across to four quarters about uh, three, four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> to perform that. And then the Saturday, it'll be the, uh, the Donkey Kong kill screen. Excellent. Oh, that's good. And of course, four quarters. Um, they, they've got all, all their arcade machines. This they, they serve um, food and drink. So it's uh, just a, a rollover from Nerg, go from one arcade to the next arcade, and continue the evening. Yeah, and because they're up, they're in the UK early. They should be over like like the jet lag, shouldn't they? Which I think could be a problem, but they should be all right for that. Oh, that's brilliant. That's excellent. So, yeah. He'll have a chance to prove to the UK public in person that he can do it. Yeah, definitely. He did yeah. well when, when he was over in um, September last year. I took him to the Four Quarters Bar and he, he performed the Perfect Pac-Man. Did he? Oh, well, wow. He here, yeah, and he, he streamed it on Twitch. All right, yeah, I've been watching oh. a couple of them. I didn't, didn't realise they were in, in the UK, one of them. Yeah, but... The thing is, there's a lot of people riding on Billy's coattails and they get millions and millions of views online. Uh, so they've, they've actually got a revenue stream out of Billy. Uh, but Billy, like you see, he doesn't really have a, a massive social presence. He's, he's not fussed on that side of it. Mm-hmm. But other people like to make money off him. Yeah. So the Q&A will be a, um, it'll be a good session. Oh, excellent. One of the just just to wrap up, wrapping up. One of the things I love about Nerg is it's a chance to meet people from like the Scottish lads and the northeast northeast lads that come down and, and like congregate. And that's that's I think I might have said it when I did my videos. The great thing about Nerg is a community, which you, obviously these lads are not going to travel down to like Margate or when, wherever they are, like like the the southern ones. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's that's the brilliant thing. And credit to you for keeping it going for all these years. Well, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but a lot of people say it's the best event of the year. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, 
I think revival is up there with it, but there haven't been a revival for a time, has there? No, no, no. Um, I think there's been talk of it coming back. It'd be yeah. nice to see it back because there's not uh, um, there's not as many as there used to be. And play Blackpool's also also uh, excellent. That's that's a nice atmosphere with the with the lighting and that. That's good as well. Mm. So we've yeah. got a good choice, really. Yeah. Right. I think that's it, mate. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people's minds will be um, swayed when they actually listen to Billy and see him in person because he, he is this pantomime villain and he keeps up that charade. Yeah. And they just, they, just, they just think he's a nasty person. Look, like you say, I spent four days with them and him and Walter, they're, they're, a, they're a cracking pair of blokes. They're yeah. really nice. Yeah. 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 A, a lot of people's minds will be changed. Anyway, mate, good to speak to you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Are you still no uh, you, pro- you promote every day on social media, which is cool, isn't it? More or less, uh, yeah, it's yeah. great. I even dream about it, man. It's mental. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you very much, sir. I'll leave you to it. Okay, cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Talk to you. Ta-ra. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 